Hi, Ross and Kev. This is Valerie Worthington, and I was calling to wish you a very, very happy verbal tap anniversary. Um, thanks so much for bringing levity to our crazy little world and our crazy little sport. Um, and I look forward to many, many more years of spark from you guys in um, in the future. So enjoy, and uh, again, congratulations. Bye-bye. This is Smile and Sam Alvey coming from you, whoops, coming to you from the sun is setting Southern California. Try to sing that five times fast. 200 episodes, guys. That's amazing. That's fantastic. If I could live to be 200, I would hate every second of that. That's like 100 years longer, 90. But you guys did it. You guys found a way. You pushed through it. You worked hard. You got there. So congratulations on 200 episodes. And uh, yeah, hopefully I'll be back on again talking to you guys laughing it up like last time anyway congratulations again guys and we'll be talking to you soon hey Raph and the crew this is Cody Bollinger and uh just calling to say congrats and fuck you What the F is going on with your life when you walk into the changing room and Matt Brown's lacing up to come do some fighting with you? It's time for Verbal Tap, the show that proves fighting is easier from outside the cage. It is not always easier if you're still within close proximity. As we found out at Muscle Farm HQ with Drew Dober and friends, which means it's time for Verbal Tap. Wrath, Esparza, four years. 200 mm. episodes, mm. which I believe puts us at 800 if you times it. I don't, the multiplication thing is fuzzy to me. That's Not a lot of shows. Works. Nope. It's like yes, thousands it's of shows. It's no, it's not thousands See, of shows. I feel like it's been thousands of shows. So uh, it's thousands. How are you doing this evening? Well, Kev, as we were discussing in person, that we now live in an era where uh, feelings are now the truth. So uh, who's to say you're wrong because the way you, you feel, feel is truth. like it's been thousands. You've done a lot of on camera interviews <laughs> that we haven't counted as episodes. There's um, articles. You know, I feel like we've done a lot of crazy and different things. And I feel like every so often we get people who on YouTube page uh, comment sections say things like, yo, you guys, I love your channel. You guys do crazy good things. And you're like, oh, that's awesome. And then like in the same moment, it's like. Um, is this reporter trying to be funny because he's not the funniest person in the world? And it tells me, you know what, Kev, at least the people care. <laughs> at least we elicit, uh, some kind of feeling out of most of these assholes. And if you can elicit feelings or any kind of a, a vote kind of response from these people, that's when, you know, the people are truly passionate about our show one way or another. So, uh, yeah, I, I can believe we've done a lot of work and, um, I, as Kevin alluded to, I just went out to go visit him in Denver. It's my first time going to visit Kevin in Denver. And I have to say, Kev, there is some awesome training that you guys have out that way. Thank you. You came by Jubera. We had a blast. You got to see the killers at the, the Wednesday and Friday night. We went and hung out at Easton Castle Rock Friday morning. We got a little snowed in Thursday because... I, is it fair to, would you, are you comfortable if I'm like, it was blizzarding Thursday. 
it was uh, well, 27 degrees and snowing uncontrollably the entire day. I think the best way to explain what happened that day is to explain how you were breaking it to me that you think or you thought it was not in our best interest to go train that day. I got a traffic was starting to mount up. There were a few accidents on the road and people were like, you know, maybe if you don't have to be out, you shouldn't be. And we were kind of going to be doing a little bit distance traveling. So we, uh, yeah, we had to break it via weather. Here's what I'll say about Friday morning. Ethan day finally got to train with him after all these just frankly untalented assholes we've trained Mm. with before. Uh, people like Joe Wilk. I mean, what's that guy done? Fighting-wise. Major. <laughs> massively lame. Caveman Rickles. Not impressed. Overrated. Uh, oh, yeah. More in the costumes um, than anything else. Massively overrated. Travis Conley. Uh, stooge. A good sneeze will get you out of any position with Travis. <laughs> He's <laughs> some feather light. So it was great to... Uh, Finally get to see where Ethan Day fits in that echelon and awesome mm-hmm. class. And then you arranged with Drew Dober, who mm-hmm. is from Denver, because I guess you put two and two together. Mm-hmm. Um, nice job by you. Thank you. Because that parlayed into you and I getting to go to the muscle farm facility, the mm-hmm. warehouse, mm-hmm. which over under two million muscle farm logos in the mm-hmm. entire thing. And... I could do two million more. It's beautiful. We got to train with Drew Dober. And then something happened while we were training with Drew Dober. We made a joke about the the rounds clock was on. It was just on when we got there. And we were like, do you guys just never turn it off? Because people are always fighting. He goes, you know, Drew Dober says, you know, Matt Brown lives five minutes away. And he'll just show up at three in the morning to turn tires. Smash cut to me going to the locker room. I was like, hey, I'm just going to run back to the locker room real quick. I walk in and lock eyes with Matt Brown, who is standing there gearing up, presumably out of nowhere. Might have just been sleeping in the hot tub. We don't know. But he was there. We got to fight. That was a highlight for me, Raph. Just Mm -hmm. uh, in terms of four years, feels good. We're celebrating. You and Drew Dober had a phenomenal interview. Yes. Which is coming. Yes. And getting to roll with Drew Dober and Matt Brown was spectacular. Great job. Let me explain this to our friends who are listening who uh, maybe uh, have not had this experience happen. And I know a lot of times they say you can't train with Michael Jordan. You can't train with uh, Tiger Woods. And I would ask, why would you? Because, I mean, he's doing some shit on the side that, well, maybe you're into. I don't know. But the nice part about this world is you do find yourself training with your Drew Dobers and your your Matt Browns, these people who are UFC fighters. And I would say it goes to show in just our own progression that we've gone from being the idiots who were just a podcast and a Twitter profile to people who show up and say, hey, Matt Brown, have you heard of Verbal Tap? Mm. Yes. Yeah, I've made some jokes about you, I'm, I'm sure. They're all pretty funny, but uh, I'm about to get beat up for saying those things. And he's like, yeah. <laughs> so that's uh, that's progress, guys. That's that that shows how far we have truly come as a podcast and as a nation, I think. Oh, 100 percent. And frankly, I there I also had a moment because, you know, I was like, 
he put me he was in half guard and i was in a terrible position for face coverage and i was like is this where i'd be getting punched he's like yeah (laughs) it's like oh good that's good to know this is where i would just get the shit kicked out of me but i i I have to say and uh we're gonna get to some great interviews in a second but i have to say one of the nicest things about turning four just from uh this perspective is that we have an outpouring of people who have been so nice and so supportive and and every time we told people we're like oh yeah we're celebrating our fourth year of doing this show they're like dude that's fucking awesome like people get hyped for us and we're like we know we're excited too so um this whole trip to denver was just a nice way to encapsulate that and it's like you know, it's like, do you celebrate birthdays? Do you do all that? Yeah, sometimes people will give you shit. It'll be like, oh, that's too extravagant. For us, it was just like, you know, we we should do this. We should enjoy the fact that we've put together a podcast and we have so many friends and we get to indulge those things. And uh, I got to tell you, it's so much fucking fun because then you get to do ridiculous skits with Drew Dober. And then you get to train. Gary Tonin. John Danaher. John Danaher. I have all these crazy interviews. Like our our nice, I guess, uh, plethora of work continues to grow and continues to get even more wacky and hilarious to us. And we're glad that you guys enjoy that sort of shit. So um, with that in mind. Favorite moment is when I creeped out Carlos Condit a little bit with the fan club thing. It was my first major interview. I, I struggled. I'm willing to admit it. It's uh, hey, every, it's all about the journey. But I definitely crossed a boundary in terms of his his physical comfort. I mean, think. how do I put this? I saw you do that, and I wanted to say that I blamed myself in part because I looked at you and I said, "I'm really putting him into the deep end of the pool." Because you looked at me and you said, "Oh, am I doing the interview?" And I go, "Hmm." I was like, okay, let's just. Breathe. And you go, well, what am I supposed to do? Hold on, and you were how kind do you of like, again? we had it. to do. Back. And you know how we do this every once in a while, over under Kevin, where I'm like, uh, Kev, can I have a second with just me and you? Like that's exactly what happened in real life. When I had to pull him aside and be like, listen, Kev, get your shit together. Stay it's focused. fucking Carlos Condit. Don't fucking make out with him. Rule number one. And rule I number ignored two. Ignored that advice, and we're yeah. still best friends. <laughs> and it was like, and rule number two: don't embarrass the podcast. So mission not accomplished. <laughs> and I immediately was like, "All right, I have one rule." I didn't even hear the second one. And uh, <laughs> you know, directions have never been my strong suit. We're going to talk to Karen Bryant. We're going to talk to potentially the best Hayden. Yeah, I don't want to say another word. I just like I'm going to always tease any mm-hmm. Hayden. With uh, something that might pin in against another Hayden. I think it's a winning formula. And we've also got some very lovely emails from, uh, or I'm sorry, voicemails from uh, uh, former guests on the show and uh, fans like yourself. So before we get started, thank you guys so much. Uh, When we uh, close this bitch at the very end, we'll say some more nice things. But for right now, please enjoy the four-year anniversary and 200th episode of Verbal Tap. This is Amici calling in to give sweet, sweet love to the Verbal Tap Podcast. 
Hey guys, it's T.P. Grant, just calling in to say congratulations on four years and 200 episodes. That's incredible. And again, thank you guys for four years of laughter. Congratulations to Raph and, um, shit, I forgot the other guy's name. Calvin? I'm going with Calvin. Congratulations, Raph and Calvin. Hey, Raph and Kevin, this is John Thomas from Tap Cancer Out. I don't even know why you would have a phone number. I don't know who calls podcasts. But in any event, I wanted to wish you a very happy four-year anniversary. Uh, There is a joke in here about, like, you guys only having four listeners or Raph only having four friends or something about four downloads ever. I would never say that because I have to protect my brand and, you know, nonprofit and kindness and all of that stuff. So um, that's not what I'm all about, of course. I think you guys definitely have more than four-ish listeners. Um, So please celebrate uh, your four-year anniversary at Cheesecake Factory on me. One cheesecake, two forks, please. Uh, We run a tight budget. And uh, I hope you have a good time. And here's to another four years and or four more listeners. All right. Bye. Hello, gentlemen. Raf, Kevin, this is Eric Jackman, the once and future host of the MMA Hour. Um, Typically, I'd come on this this answering service and gloat about how superior our show is to yours. But this time, I'm just going to pay homage you guys how much I truly appreciate what you do um, you're always timely you're always relevant you're always most importantly um, and uh, the game wouldn't be the same without you guys um, not joking from the heart I really really uh, respect and appreciate what you guys do love you both bye Ladies and gentlemen, when we get to those big, momentous podcasts, you know, this is our 200th. On our 100th, we had a guest who is near and dear to our hearts. She is one of the most recognized people in all of the UFC. She is the professional journalist in the UFC, the person who keeps it all together. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome our good friend, Karen Bryant. Karen, how are you doing? Hey, I'm great. Thank you uh, for having me on, and congratulations. You guys are doing so well. I'm happy for you. Thank you, Karen. You know, it's no two podcasts like some people <laughs> on this show. And, and, and Kevin, Kevin has a real big issue about your second podcast, but let's explain what that is first. Okay, so, well, well, first and foremost, you guys, I, what was it, Living Color, that old skit where they had about the Jamaican people where he's like, yeah, I'm going to have four job. Um <laughs> I am half Jamaican, so, you know, I have to have a lot of jobs. Um, You've got, like, 90. But, uh, I mean, between all of the I got, UFC I got, I, stuff, the hosting. <laughs> yeah, I got a few gigs, but I like to be busy. But, um, okay, so the the second podcast that I do um, is called Trocasau, and I do it with a girl named Evelyn Rodriguez, who works for Globo. And we do the show in Portuguese. And um, here's the thing with that. I, she and I have been talking about it for a long time. You know, she's one of the really cool girls 
who covers the sport, you know, there, there are some women now, there are more women now, but you know, there weren't really that many, um, for a while and she's just really great. And so we, you know, got a friendship going and we were talking about doing this for quite some time. I really was just kind of afraid because I still, you know, I've studied Portuguese for a while, but it's very difficult. And I and didn't, show, you know, I knew I'd make the show's in Portuguese. Yeah. It, the show is in Portuguese. So we, yeah, we do the whole podcast in Portuguese. There's no, no English except for when I'm trying to remember a word and I can't. <laughs> um, but, um, yeah, so we do the whole thing in Portuguese and we were talking about doing it for a long time. And I just was, I just, yeah, I was hesitant. Cause I was like, well, I'm not like a hundred percent fluent. And the great thing about Brazilians, um, is that they don't care. They really appreciate the effort. And so um, I do make some mistakes, but it's been really fun. And I also am just the kind of person that wants to challenge my brain. I, I like new stuff. I don't want to ever feel like I'm stagnant. So it's not a very long podcast. We keep it to about like 15 or 20 minutes, although we did do one the other night um, at Madison Square Garden, which was fun because she lives in Vegas. We're not often in the same place. Um, so we did it at like 4.30 in the morning after the press conference in Vegas. Um, so that's fun, trying to speak a different language at 4.30 in the morning. We're like, is it really early or is it late? I don't know, but I don't know. But it's been really fun, and the cool thing is is she's so dialed in, and I have a good relationship with a lot of the fighters as well, but she's so dialed in that we get these great clips that the fighters will give. We have these shout-outs from like Vandalay saying everybody needs to watch Trocasau. She got a thing from Big Nog the other day, and I'm like, oh, my God, I love you so much. It's Big Nog. <laughs> telling the world how badass I am for speaking Portuguese and that mine is better than his. I'm like, um, you're a legend. <laughs> I love possible. you. Um, yeah, so they're cool. You know, honestly, they, when I first started learning it, um, like I said, they were very uh, supportive and helpful. And the cool thing was that, that there were so many Brazilians who we would sort of meet in the middle. Their English wasn't that great. My Portuguese wasn't that great, but we would meet in the middle. And so that's why I got to talk to Fabrício Verdun first after he beat Fedor, because he was like, oh, well, at least she can tell me what she's going to ask me in Portuguese, and I can think about it for a little bit and get my words right. So it's been really helpful. Karen, again, listen, it's not that we don't appreciate the overachieving. It's just that we hate it. <laughs> Because it's one thing to have two podcasts and have them go well, but to have one where you overachieve and decide to do it in another language, we just do this in English, and that's hard enough. And we get because it. some of these fighters don't speak the king's English to begin with. Yeah, yeah. It, it takes us a little while to try and get things going, even on this side. So right, right. I just I I worry about you, Karen, because listen, your whole career is based on the following, which is yeah. keep everybody else in line. You're a professional, but you work with individuals yeah. who, Kev, how would you describe them? Easily distracted. Mm-hmm. Yes. That's the Easily politest. distracted. And and I have some issues because, listen, when my wife and I watch, and this is this is my wife, this isn't me. She just goes, yeah. oh, I feel so bad for Karen. <laughs> oh, she has to do so much work. And my wife's looking at you and being like, Poor Karen's having to carry the heavy load tonight because right, these right. boys are just going off the rails on a topic. And you're the one that's like, guys, we need to go to commercial. Okay. That's, that's, yeah. <laughs> well, I tell you what, it, 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 what, tell your wife, thank you for, for the support. I appreciate it. Um, you know what? I actually really do have, I have a great time with them. They, they are, cra they're crazy. I mean, for the fact that what they do for a living, the fact that they're willing to walk into an octagon, lock, you know, have the door get locked and, just go for broke. I mean, that's a special kind of person. Obviously, we know that. 
Um, and so I have a great deal of respect for the fact that they're willing to do this, but they're, but they're by, by definition crazy, like they're crazy. So when you put somebody like Dominic Cruz and Michael Bisping together, yeah, yeah. Those two are the, those two are the ones who go at each other the most because Dominic is a person who absolutely refuses to not have the last word. Like it doesn't matter what it is. If it's, if it's a lunch order, if it's, you know, who's going to win the fight, if it's why, you know, anything he just he he likes to argue he sort of has fun with it and it's in, it's a sport yeah exactly it's like to take it's a sport competitive <laughs> exactly. he he just loves it and so he 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 and he loves to he loves to get under people's skin so if he thinks he he has you uh upset or flustered in any way then he goes for the kill and it's just it's hilarious but it's not always appropriate <laughs> in the middle of the show, um, you know. And so, and Michael, same thing, refused to back down. Uh, well, I, I have see they got there. better with each other. Yeah, but once he, once Michael won the title, they got better with each other. Yeah. Okay, so you have, you've been hosting the show for a few years, so we've become pretty accustomed to what uh, the guys they're they're getting better. Like you guys are getting into yeah. a really good rhythm. What and this is to appeal to your um, upbringing. What Belichick mind games are you using to get Bisping to A, pay attention, and B, stay on topic? It's The other night I watched yeah. him and he said a point in a minute and I almost teared up. I was like, what? <laughs> I know. Well, he's gotten really quite good as well. Um, it's tricky because the hard part for the guys to, to get used to, uh, and I'm certainly more used to because I've been doing it longer, is, you know, it's talking when somebody is speaking to you in your ear and so they can be in the middle of a fight and hear somebody cornering them and, and process that but it's a little different when you're speaking and somebody's in your IFB telling you something as well so I think that's what has been the hardest part for people sometimes and when we're just a little insighting like when they're talking they will eventually uh, maybe the producer will say okay you know rap which means finish up your point within the next few seconds. Some people immediately just stop talking. <laughs> We're like, no, we didn't mean immediately. Like you finished your thought. Um, but some people, it, it depends on the point you're making, you know, sometimes go too long, but the hard part is because then it does get to me. And I, I really have a specific time that I need to be off the air, you know, so that part can get um, a little tricky because I have somebody urgently counting down in my head, five, four, three, you know, and I'm, and I'm uh, trying to get a bunch of stuff out, but, for the most part, they're great. If anything, um, we have too much fun there, and 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 sometimes it's hard, like you said, to keep it on to keep it on task because we could go off on tangents all day, though. Well, I know that you you always are uh, an entertainer of fun, and I I enjoy that about you because you have a real passion for the sport, and it always comes through. And you're always so happy, and you're talking with these guys <laughs> who are fighters, and they tend to get a little happier too. But then I noticed, yeah. once they all started winning titles, you. Yes. We're putting the heat on yourself and saying, hey, I think I need to win something. And I, I was like, I do. you're the championship at <laughs> fucking talking because those idiots couldn't do it without you. So they need to present you with a belt because you don't need a manifested belt. You're just the best. So well, thank you. Would look awesome on the front of a champion in like gold lettering. Right, right. That would be amazing. Well, I I really do appreciate the sentiment. I think that's very sweet. But it is it is funny. You start to get a little bit like, you know, they, we get we get heroes welcomes for these guys. They get cake, <laughs> you know. They get all this <laughs> stuff when they come back. 
Um, cake. and it is funny because cake, I mean, come on, who doesn't like cake? <laughs> um, funny. but I, I do, I do appreciate it, but cause, and I do know, you know, I'm not, I, I, I've said in the past, like, I'm not necessarily a person who is able to, um, take in the moment and, and necessarily always appreciate where I am. Cause I, I'm always looking to do more. Um, and so I, I do sometimes not maybe appreciate, Oh wow. Yeah. I'm here at the, you know, in the captain's chair here. And, and this is pretty great. You know, I really do love it. And I really do have a great time. Um, and there have been times when I, I did um, understand the, the moment and take it in and be like, well, you know, I'm in a really, um, this is a really special thing. Like we interviewed Holly I mean, minutes after she beat Rhonda. Mm-hmm. That was unexpected. That was obviously a life-changing event for her. And, and it changed the sport even too. So it was yeah. pretty amazing to be there right in that moment. You know, there have been some times when, yeah, we're working and something incredible happens and you're there to help tell the story. So I really do appreciate um, what I can contribute to that. And I remember that night very distinctly. I remembered how emotional she was and yep. how appropriate it was that she was being emotional. Like it was a big night. And I do remember seeing you talk to her and uh, it's hard not to get wrapped up in that because I'm sure mm-hmm. for you, you know, these people inside and out. So when they yep. win, it's, it's kind of like you win too. And I know that it's hard because on the opposite side, when they lose, and especially if you know both of the people involved, it, yeah. it can be very difficult. Yeah, so. it's it's incredibly difficult, and especially when you go on the post fight show. And literally, yeah, we've had very good friends of ours, um, you know, lose lose a fight or or something, and then minutes like minutes later, only a minute and a half later or something, I'm on the air like, hey, we're gonna break it all down, and so and so is crushed, and you're like inside, you're weeping um, <laughs> for your friend, you know. Um, so yeah, it's it, it, it's pretty spectacular. Uh, it's it's pretty great to be in those moments. But I know emotionally for Holly that was incredible, and Rashad had actually told us all in the studio that she was going to win, and people were freaking out in the studio when that fight was going on. Like it, it is a really interesting environment to watch uh, fights there when people are rooting for certain people or not rooting for certain people, and um, it, it, it's it's pretty crazy. And you've now been a part of the UFC's biggest moment. Um, speaking of yeah. these game changers, Madison Square Garden was unbelievable. Um, the whole coverage, it was incredible. The lead up, yeah. everything during. What was the process like leading up to that behind the scenes? Because you guys look like you put a tremendous amount of work into it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the the, the staff was working um, really, really hard for that for a long time. Um, obviously, you know, it was incredibly stressful for them. I actually didn't do the broadcast that that night, but I leading up to it, I did, um, you know, UFC tonight and I did tough talk. And obviously we had all these guys on and we had Rashad on, you know, um, and he was talking about the fact that he wasn't going to be able to do, uh, to fight at two Oh five. Um, I then on Thursday, I went to, yeah, I went to Fox news. Yeah. With, I know with Rashad, that was such a bummer. Um, <laughs> on Thursday, Dana and I went and did Fox and friends in the morning to hype up the show. Um, and it was actually very funny because, you know, we were there and we were talking and um, the guy at the end said something like, okay, great. And where can, like, where can people get tickets? And Dana and I just started cracking up. <laughs> and I think I even <laughs> said to me, I'm like, yeah, I'm like, yeah, good luck with that or something. And, um, it, it, but I, you know, which uh, then I felt sort of bad, but it, it, it was really fun. It was actually pretty cool to be there with him uh, on the broadcast, you know, giddy. selling the show and, 
Yeah. Oh, yeah, totally. Um, and then I went over and did some stuff with Maggie Gray over on Sports Illustrated. And so, yeah, I mean, all weekend long, we were, we were hyping it up. I did a whole um, pre-show, a prelim viewing party um, for Fox Sports 1 and Samsung that Saturday. TJ Dillashaw and I were there. So I was, again, just like hyping up all this stuff. So we watched the prelims together and there was this whole big, huge crowd there. And so then we did Q&A and stuff between the fights and all this stuff. So just, just hyping it up. And it turned out, obviously, as everybody knows, to be just so, just so spectacular. Um, the only thing I was tripping out on was, was the Woodley, you know, Wonder Boy fight. Um, that kind of, the way that that ended, it was just so weird. I hated that. I hated thinking, ah, you know, that that sucks that it got tainted like that. And I also did feel bad for Buff because, you know, you know, he, he doesn't want to ever screw anything up. And I know he was probably freaking out that he screwed up on the biggest show ever. And it it wasn't really his fault. He kind of hung out to dry, I think, with what they told him to, to read. And so, I don't know. So who knows how that all happened, but that was pretty crazy. It was funny because we put up a meme and, uh, I compared, uh, I guess what was going on mm-hmm. uh, to the fact that was essentially like, uh, yo, 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 I'm gonna let you finish. And uh, people were like, um, and it was making fun of it. It was, it was at a, a EBI and Bruce right. had mentioned something and I had turned one of the guys who did great, but I was like, Bruce doesn't know that this is the second twister in EBI history. Like you can't right. really give him crap for that like he's here to help the sport and i had somebody who was like right. actually it should be used to be saying i'm gonna let you finish bruce buffer and i was like again he's not the agent again. we're trying to turn this guy into taylor swift like guys right. bruce is a fan he's a friend of our show and if he screws up we'll rib him a little bit but in this similar right. situation i was like it's like he literally went over and the joke is what's the difference between a majority and a minority and you saw that look in his eye. And a lot of the right. people who are, watch- are watching, they're not exactly watching all of the time on these UFCs. A right. lot of them are Conor McGregor right. is like, hey, we're here for one time. And I'm like, Bruce right. is so on his job. The one time he's not, you give him a rest, guys. For sure. For sure you do. But it was, it was crazy because when they read that score, you know, I was sitting up with the press in the press section. We're kind of looking at each other. We're like, that's not a split decision. You're like, like what? That's, I mean, that's not two cars inside. Like, what's going on here? Um, and then when he when he was walking back toward the uh, the octagon, and he said in the mic when he goes still, and I was like, oh no, because I know. I, and this is what I think happened is that you know when we're on the set, you know, a lot of times somebody will talk to us and they'll go like, hey KB, can you hear me? And then I say in my mic, yeah, I got you. You know, and I, I, even though I know it's just a conversation between the two of us, that's the only way they know that I heard them is to speak into the mic. And so I'm thinking that somebody told him in his ear, hey, what does it say? And then he was just like, still, but he didn't realize that the the mic was hot to the room still. You know what I mean? And then I was like, oh, because then you look at Wonderboy and he's like, oh, you know, and then the whole thing was. And maybe you could tell me a little bit more about Wonderboy because uh, last week I unleashed my uh, Wonderboy impression on the the show and i've never done it yeah. i i decided okay but it's mostly because i've decided he doesn't curse from what i know <laughs> he's um, wonderfully polite and when very. you had dc trying to instigate the two of them to talk trash to each other between woodley and him yes. he was definitely very like well gosh i just feel like i've heard my shot 
and I'd love to get it, and I'd love to go out there and fight you. And you're just like, this kid's so adorable. So you know that because he has that heart and passion. When someone says, like, so you're telling me there's a chance. Okay. (laughs) Totally, totally. I just, I worry for that guy. Well, here's the thing, too. He he really is, I, I do believe he is that that genuine like I have spent a decent amount of time with him and he's lovely and he is he's so polite and he's just charming and everybody you know everybody loves him um and he still literally drives like a bus around to pick up kids every afternoon to bring them to karate class and all this stuff like they he showed a picture the other day oh no honey (laughs) oh yes honey back in he's back in north kagalaki or south kagalaki whatever and these kids showed up and they had made, they'd mocked up black eyes on the, on themselves, the little kids. And he, Steven's there with his face busted up, but still smiling, you know, and he's back teaching the kids already. And he literally does that all the time. But I will tell you this, I, I'm not going to tactically tell the story, but he's not as innocent as you would think. Um, because somebody, one time when we were messing with him, you know, before the show and somebody said, Oh, uh, it might have been dumb or something, asking if he, he was still a virgin. Uh, he's not. And the story of how he lost it is spectacular and unnerving. Guy, DC was high five. Like Dominic, I think, was high-fiving him. I was sort of recoiling in horror. Welcome to Karen and Bryant's DC life, was like, yeah, yeah, and DC's like, my man. You know, I was like, wait, but what? That's not okay. Um, it's a crazy story uh, that I will not tell out of school, but, uh, yeah, he, yeah, he's not, uh, no. you're writing down on my notepad, <laughs> ask Wonder yeah. Boy about virginity. Uh, okay, yeah, but, uh, it's pretty one? crazy. So he, he, yeah, he's pretty, it's, it was very funny to hear. I didn't expect it. <laughs> again, again, as you mentioned, when they are fighters and they step into that octagon, there is something a little peculiar about them. So not surprising. Yeah, dangerous shit. <laughs> Only, but yes, you gotta be yes, a little fucked yes. up to be dangerous. But every shit. time on camera, I've seen him be a, a, just a, a great person, and so to I see that result and to see those two, and to see later on. Uh, Tyrone Woodley uh, channel his inner usher at the press conference. I mean, <laughs> you you can only get so many great things from these two people. And uh, and yeah. maybe you may have the insight on this, but does it look like we're getting a rematch between those two quickly, or are they going to like? I I don't. Yeah, you know what? I'm I'm. It'll be interesting to see how quickly Tyron is actually working with us this weekend um, on the Sao Paulo show stuff. Um, and so we will be talking to him about that. The crazy thing is, I, I do think they will do that that rematch, I don't know how quickly it could happen, but you know, Steven was a little more banged up, uh, Tyron, not as bad. So we'll see how he looks this weekend. The only thing that was really weird about that whole thing is during the week, I was going back and forth talking with, uh, Damian Maya's manager, Eduardo. And Mm -hmm. so we were talking and, you know, they were there and they're trying to make sure they're still in the conversation. And, you know, after what Damian did to Conda in August, that was just amazing. And he's the classiest guy in the organization. And everybody's like, yeah, he just deserves it. And da da And, Literally after that fight, Eduardo, we're going back and forth. We're like, can you like believe? Like, what are the literally what are the odds that this could happen? Like the one result, the one result that would make him have to wait longer actually happened. Like, what the what what you know? And so um, he had to kind of take it in stride again. But it's just like Damien's the unluckiest guy. He's just the unluckiest guy. Well, I mean, I think um, in so my I think brain. The, 
uh, Damien. You love him. I know you love him. I love exactly. what you did with with the with the with the Apollo thirteen <laughs> thing afterwards. We were passing that around at work. That was gold. That was. I mean, honestly, I was just watching there, and I go, I need something that that's epic and that. <laughs> really encapsulates how jiu-jitsu practitioners feel because right. without fail you like my news feed and my instagram you just see every jiu-jitsu practitioner practitioner like just crying right. and just crying. And like, well that's what it is we just feel so much happiness for him but in my brain right. i feel like him and jacare go out for lunch and they're just like routinely going did you get your title shot yet no oh me neither no oh no me neither me neither yeah and jacare was there and we talked to him after because he actually weighed in in the morning weigh-ins on friday and this was after you know we knew gaslam wasn't going to be making things so we were like wait how much does he weigh is he fighting cowboy and then he weighed too much to fight cowboy and so that was off and we were like okay but what are you doing who are you fighting is something wrong with you over is something wrong with chris Lydon? what are you doing what are you doing and uh, we were really hounding him, and he was actually just there in case of emergency and, you know, as a backup. But it's true, like, I'm <laughs> standing here, and people are even commenting on this video, you know, it's up on, on the YouTube channel, and he's just kind of standing on the side, and he's got his hoodie on, and you're looking at me like, that is the most scary, dangerous, like, you just look at him, <laughs> and he, he you, like, you don't, you don't want to, and he's a doll, like, he's very friendly and very nice, but you, just the way he carries himself, and you look, and you're like, oh, yeah, I ain't trying to have any part of that right now I ain't trying to have any of that right now um and it's funny because you know with Romero nobody wants that either do you know what I mean and now the top of the class there is uh is just straight killers so yeah we've got a nice talent problem in the UFC yeah currently. for sure for sure it's uh it's yeah. a unique one but it's the sport itself and that's what we've seen from a jiu-jitsu perspective alone jiu-jitsu's quadrupled and you can sort of see it trickling into MMA oh for sure Oh, for sure, for sure. And, I mean, and that's the thing. I'm pretty sure Ryan Hall is fighting this weekend, too, you know, who won the Ultimate Fighter, and uh, he's all about that, Jits. Um, yes, So he he'll is. be, uh, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, it, it, is, it is pretty great, and when you see somebody who's that good at something, and honestly, I think people were more excited about the idea of Maya versus Wonder Boy just because they're so pure at what they do, uh, and they're just so opposed at what they do. Like, I think people were really kind of more curious to see how those two things played out. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I don't know. Karen. Yeah. 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 <laughs> like, Sorry. Oh, you're fine. <laughs> yeah. Karen's actually yeah. the person who does the matchmaking on the like low profile and just is like, sure. Oh, let's just, let's just see if I just put this out on a few podcasts, what people will ideas. say. Well, yes, I'm getting my, I'm working on uh, 209 on UFC 209. Cause when I was in New York, um, I was at Macy's and I ran into Nick and Nate and we were what? talking and all of a sudden they were like, I said, guys, you, you know, you realize I'm like, do you, maybe you don't know. Cause I don't, you know, they're not like uh, following the stuff all the time. I'm like, you guys realize UFC 209 is back in here in Brooklyn. Right. And they're like, what? And I'm like, yeah, um, you kind of both need to be on that card. And they were like, that's right. You know? So we had this whole conversation and actually we're trying to get some things, you know, Nick, um, was thinking, you know, he and Michael, have been going back and forth and maybe they were going to fight at a catchweight, you know, he and Bisbing. Um, but now with everything that happened with Romero, I think that's going to have to be what it has to be. But, you know, Nick really wants to get back on the card. He's ready to fight. He's cleared the fight. Um, Nate was really hoping, you know, for the Connor trilogy back in New York. And I don't know if that'll work. Cause I do actually believe Connor's going to take some time off. Cause he seems genuinely freaked out by being a dad. 
But yeah. um, but we're yeah we're working on our UFC uh, we're working on our two hundred nine and UFC two hundred nine campaign. So let me because um, it's got to happen. Story. It has to happen. Karen, I know I know the brothers have a mystique about them, but you mean yes. to tell me both of them when you looked at them and, and you're they're at UFC two hundred five. They haven't put it together that in four UFCs <laughs> it's gonna be UFC two hundred nine, and I, it's not you. <laughs> It's just I'm thinking in my head as soon as you're talking with Nate, this is how I imagine him going as you go, hey, by the way, you know, UFC 209, no brainer, right? We should have you guys on there. Right. Yeah. So why? Why do I need to be on there? What's the problem? Yeah. Oh, okay, it's not an issue. And you're like, but don't no. you like, live the 209? Aren't you? Isn't that your whole thing? Right. I care. You fucking. Oh, my God. I didn't even think. About that. <laughs> yeah. Get me on there. I right think. Now. Yeah, I think what it was was that they were also just emboldened by the idea of it being in New York. Do you know what I mean? I don't think it wasn't that they hadn't figured out that 209 would eventually be coming up. Um, I think it was that they didn't realize um, it was going to be in New York and that it would have that badass vibe to it and, you know, being out in Brooklyn and everything. And so they that's what I think they were more excited about. I do believe they could do the math. I, okay, good. I wanted to make sure that was there yeah, because yes. I know oh, yeah. we put that on because as soon as we got the chance, I think after the last uh, Connor and Diaz fight, we were like, you know what? We're throwing all our weight to get one, if not both of them on UFC 209. And oh, yeah. uh, we were we were just so excited about it. But like anytime you see a Diaz brother, you get super excited. And it, I got excited when I saw that he crashed. I believe it was Nate, if not both. But he crashed Connor's party, his after party. Yeah. Do you want anything of this? <laughs> well, I yeah, I don't know if he cr- if he crashed it or that they just actually ended up in the same place. Strangely enough, a few, a few days after um, two hundred five, but I could believe I could believe that they were crashed. I mean, here's everybody loves them, and the thing about it is, Nick. I mean, uh, uh, Connor and Nate know that their goal together too. I mean, they're both smart enough to know yeah. how well they work together. Um, but you know, I could totally see them rolling in and just be like, what, what, you know, and then everybody be like, you're right, come in. You know what I mean? Like who, you don't say no to them. They're, they're, and I've known them a long time and they're endearing and they're good dudes. And, you know, um, I think for a long time they were misunderstood. I think they're understood better now, but I still think that, you know, um, there's times when people just really need to recognize that these guys are just gold. They're just, they're just so entertaining. I, I don't understand happy. how people can hate them. I love them. Well, I mean, don't ask how the internet hates anything because they'll tell well, you right. and then remind you right. why they hate you. But <laughs> Sorry, I, I right, you dumb the- <laughs> bitch, right? Yeah. <laughs> I just love that Sorry, with, yes. with the Diaz brothers, particularly with Nate, I just thought, okay, it's really cool. You know, obviously him and Connor have an appreciation for each other's, uh, what they do, right. not just their fighting skill, but like you see Connor sometimes crack a little bit being like, oh God, that's really funny. You could tell he looks like, at right. each other. You really yeah. can. By the end of right. the first fight, it was like, oh, these two are really enjoying this. And my wife was definitely right. like, my wife put this uh, theory out. She goes, you know, they're backstage being like, Okay, I'm totally going to say this about you. Okay, that's really good. I'm going to say this about right, you, too. Okay, right. okay, okay, good. You go out there. Well, and that was the thing, too. Yeah, for sure. Because after the, um, even when we were doing the Ultimate Fighter um, with Connor and Uriah, 
Um, and, you know, they, they came to the studio and stuff, and they're hyping the show. And, you know, yeah, they have to, you know, they're throwing their little jabs at each other and this and that. But you're like, you could tell even early on, you're like, these guys like each other. <laughs> and then after, um, after, the, after the event, you know, um, they didn't, you know, they didn't fight each other. But I even got Uriah to admit it. Like, I, at the press conference, I was like, dude, show's over. You know, now you can tell everybody, right? And I was like, you like him. You like him. And he's like, yeah. He's like, I hate this, you know, I don't even hate this thing. He's like, he's kind of a cool dude, you know. And, <laughs> you, you know, yeah, and they, 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 they can't help it. Um, you can't help it. Connor is so entertaining. Yeah. Um, he really he really is entertaining. And, and, you know, I always tell people from for what we do from our side of it, you know, the fact that he knows how to give a great interview. He, he knows how to play the game. Um, and he's just really gifted at it. You know, I, I he, he, he deserves what he gets because he – he is better than a lot of people at playing that game yeah. uh, and making people care. So I don't begrudge him any of that success. Well, speaking of begrudging success, I have to talk yeah. about your first love podcast, which is the MMA Heat podcast. Because, yeah. Karen, I learned something about you. I learned that Karen Bryan, in addition to being, you know, we, we've seen the makings of a matchmaker here. But we've also seen Karen the instigator because there seemed to be a thread where I posted something. And I think we were – was it a music discussion or somewhere in oh, there? Maybe, yeah. And somehow your co-host, Alan Hoban, <laughs> who I don't really know, but we, yeah. like, we're always at the same place at the same time. And I'm like, ah, right. wait, because we know the same people. Uh, right. We had got into a discussion, and I called him the Disney Prince because let's <laughs> face facts. Well, that's what he looks like. I mean, you he can tell us. That's what he looks like. Great. Let's come on. I trust my right. eyes. He is a handsome human being. And yeah. I don't know if he took it I guess as an human. insult because he was saying it like, oh, you're saying it almost condescendingly. I know. I'm like, no, I'm saying right. it jealous. You're I'm saying it. There's nothing I can do. I can't beat that. That has nothing to do with my point. And so then. Right. Karen was the one to take it the next step further and go like, boys, boys, you need to settle this on the mats. And I'm like, Karen, what yes, are you Yes, I did, to- didn't I? <laughs> then, about that. Well, that's fine. And then, I, was- I take it from the relativity of, listen, I'll train with anybody and I'll get murdered by him. And I had right. said, I was like, yeah, if he gave me time on the mats, I would 100% roll with him. Like, he would crush me. But that's how you get better at right. jiu-jitsu. You train with those people sure. and, and you become better. But then some people who were on that thread started being like, who do you think you are, dude? Challenging <laughs> Alan? And I'm like, I didn't, ch- like, read the thread again. <laughs> read the thread, people. It's read the thread. Well, you know, I do, I have to, I do have to spin it a little bit because just, it's for fun. Um, and Alan is such a nice guy that, um, but it is funny for him to get wound up a little bit, um, and to, and to get into it and stuff. Like I know Mike Perry has been talking some crap about them. You know, they have a fight coming up in a, in a month and he tried to get on there and get under his skin. And yet he was calling Alan, you know, pretty boy and calling him this and calling him that. And then Alan was like, what, I got, you got a crush or something. You know, he called him out on it. He's like, all you do is talk about me being pretty. Like someone got a crush, you know? Um, but the funny thing is he, he really, he's such a, he's such a great guy. He's such a really good dude. Um, but I do, I like, I, you know, I, I can't say I forget that he's, you know, a model or whatever but you do, you know, after a while you're just like, it's your buddy. And then I'll see friends of mine or whatever. And they're like, Oh my God. <laughs> 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 
your podcast partner. And I'm like, what? Yeah, no, really nice guy. They're like, oh, my God. (laughs) And I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I get it. (laughs) I just love the fact that he was like, oh, you're saying it just to get under my skin. And I was like, listen, pretty people problems. Right, right, right. (laughs) What a rough life you lead. That someone's going to yeah. attack you for your beautifulness. I'm for your surprised. beauty. For your beauty. I'm yeah. always surprised people Spider? hit him. Like, why would you hit that in the cage? It's like, why, I would why, just why? start to wind up and be like, eh. I remember Don't you like watching, pretty things? And I go, uh, like, somebody goes, uh, we're watching uh, one of the fights with him. And I go, oh, that's Karen Bryan's uh, podcast partner. And he's, he's, right. he's a good fighter. And he got bloodied up in this fight. And they're like, ooh, he's right. not going to be pretty so more. And I was like, ooh, just wait. Once he recovers, yeah. still gonna totally. be pretty. Yeah, that does. Yeah, he crack. heals up. No, he heals up like Wolverine because he. I think if he's talking about the Bilal Muhammad fight, um, and because yeah, we were you know we were at that one, and you know uh, when you're in the media room, you're supposed to act you know neutral, and you're not you know nothing's happening. Um, and we were so we were still in the back in the media room when he was fighting, and so we, I was like, whatever, I can't, I can't even help it. Like every now and then, because he almost knocked him out in the first round. I'm like, yes, you know, we're screaming, and then like, okay, keep it together, keep it together, keep it together. And then um, as the fight went on, you know, Alan had broken his hand, and so then he's just playing defense and stuff. And then in the third round, Bilal started to put it on him, and then we were like, oh my god, he's going to get knocked out, and it, you know, it was crazy. So we were really happy for him to to go through that fight and do so well. But yeah, he was really banged up. And he comes in to do a podcast like 10 days later and we're like, what, what, <laughs> like he had just like one little scratch and a, and a little thing, like, dude, what the hell, you know, like, what do you mean? Like, what is, what, what? Yeah. I don't know. I don't get it. I don't know. But he heals very quickly. <laughs> Karen, you're hosting everything. It seems like in the future, what are you most excited about yeah. UFC wise? Give us your short range where people can. Also- well, um, here's, uh, you know, on Saturday, I actually am, um, w- we don't, we don't cover fight best ones on Fox, but to see Gegard and Uriah go back at it, I think is going to be interesting because Gegard is so bothered by that knockout because the only time it's ever happened in his life. And he's so ready to put the hurt on Uriah the opposite way. And then, but then again, you're like, well, shoot, or I could just do it again, which would be crazy. Um, so actually this weekend, I'm looking forward to that. So I'll, I'll be watching that while we're at the desk. Um, for the pre-fight show, except for uh, for Little Nog and Bader, I uh, Claudia Gadelia is fighting this weekend, so she is always just really fun to watch. Um, I'm really actually looking forward to Verdum and Kane again at the end of the year because uh, I think that's going to be interesting. I am always looking forward to you know the Ultimate Fighter because yeah, for like the next four weeks, uh, four weeks I'm I'm in the studio for the fight nights and stuff, and. You know, we've been doing the Ultimate Fighter and we've been doing Tough Talks. So you really start to get invested in these kids. And um, Demetrius, you know, is so incredibly dominant. Um, and, but to see all these guys going through this training for the chance to beat him is going to be really interesting to me to awesome. see, you know, because they're, they are all champions. And I know, I, you know, I actually already know who makes it, you know what I mean? And who's going to get the chance and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's kind of crazy. Sometimes you're like, I, I got to unknow what I know. But, um, <laughs> but to see how that... To see how that plays out, because, you know, DJ being number one on Tom for Bentley, he's on another level. He's just on yeah. another level. Um, and I think this is a, I really do think this is a really cool way to try to find somebody to challenge him. And regardless of who, maybe they don't make it all the way to the end to try to beat DJ, they just found a bunch of good new dudes, yeah. you know, and then they found a bunch of people who 
now you already know their backstory a little bit more. You've got to be a little bit invested in them because um, a lot of people give the lighter weight classes, you know, so much grief and say they're not interesting. And now you you have a reason to root for some of these guys. Um, and they're nice, you know, they're 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 good dudes, you know. Um, so I'm actually really curious to see how that works out. Um, I am obviously looking forward to Alan's fight. I'm curious to see what's going to happen with Paige and Karate Hottie. Um, uh, you know, there's some, there, yeah, there's some good fights coming up. You know, DC, DC and Rumble is going to be really hard for me to watch because I like both of them so much. And DC is such one. a, I'm yeah, really it's going to be great. But yeah, I mean, the thing is, is DC is, you know, we just know him as our, as our lovable teddy bear, you know? And <laughs> so I forget because he's the goofiest dude. He's so funny on the set and so gregarious. Like everybody loves him. DC is the kind of guy when you, you know, like, 10 seconds after he walks in the door, you're like, oh, DC's here because he's loud and he's like in it <laughs> with everybody. Like he never sneaks in quietly. Like, you literally know the second DC is on the, is in the building. Um, but I forget, you know, he kicks it over into this other mode and sometimes I'm watching like, who's that dude? You know what I mean? <laughs> who's that guy? And I forget sometimes that he, how good he is, you know? Um, that being said though, we know how bad, you know, Rumble can just wreck people. And DC's the first one to tell you, he's like, oh no, the last time we fought, he's like, he, he, he hit me. He said, I went flying across the cage. And then I look up and I'm like, oh, he's still coming at me, you know? And like, he, you know, it's like to hear DC tell the story is very funny, but yeah, like Rumble is so scary. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so scary. So I, I really am curious to see how that plays out. And of course to see, uh, Rashad at, uh, 185 pounds. Cause you know, he made it all the way down to 195 or so before he found out that he couldn't, uh, he couldn't fight. So he was looking amazing when he, we saw him last week. And, you know, they just pushed that card, uh, or mean that fight rather up to Toronto. So to see him, cause he looked like a whole different new person, you know? Mm. Um, and I, so I'm really curious to see how he does at, at 185. I need to ask so you a thing. lot of things. Akira's <laughs> <laughs> like, I guess in essence, uh, I'm just happy for everything. Because yeah, in the yeah. future, things yeah. are coming up, and, and there are a lot of good fights. But I need to get your idea on this, because uh, I've seen uh, DC and uh, Rumble hit the uh, press circuit together. And I don't yeah. know what your feeling was on this, but, I mean, the Internet sometimes refers to DC as Carlton Banks, which I right. don't disagree with. But right. there's something to be said about those two when they've had their back and forths between, ah, I knocked you out, and, oh, is your leg hurt? That when DC had it put on blast, that his knee was like hurt and he had surgery on it. Yeah. He had that look that looked like an old timey sitcom. And I just started thinking to myself, I was like, listen, these two need to go on press junkets together forever because they right. are the odd couple for the UFC. Right. Which then yeah. begs a question for me, Karen, because you're you're more into TV on this side. What if yeah. I mean you're hosting UFC tonight, but let's think franchise. Let's talk right now about franchising. Let's do a spinoff of that with UFC tomorrow because right. listen, we already know what happened tonight, but what, what's happening tomorrow? And Kevin and I are willing to co-host with you because that way it'll yeah. get me. But we want nice. to put that there. You're our Alec no, Baldwin be a, to 30 Rock. Yes. I'm just going to sign you yes. and hope for the best. <laughs> exactly. You know, the funny thing is, is we, you know, we do actually – um, constantly tell them at, at Fox, like, we should be doing more of these shows, you know what I mean? More and more and more. Um, and so if they, you know, really what it comes down to, guys, I'm going to tell you, it's all about the dollars. If we can bring in some more dollars for you to justify your enormous salaries, um, then maybe we can make something happen. And now that Trump won, Fox is probably going to be doing better 
So, you know, we might be able to come up we might be able to come up with those greenbacks for you um pretty soon. Ross though, I'm not sure where we do you have a green card? Do you I'm not sure where you're from. Listen here, Karen Bryant. I'm gonna tell you a few things. Number one, that Rafa Spars is no good. We're gonna deport him twice just to make sure. Number two, Dana White, I've been saying it for years. The UFC oh is God. huge. It's going to be great. And uh, oh. we're going to keep the white one, the white one who does this show. He's good. <laughs> nice, nice, nice. Oh, my goodness. No, it would be amazing to do to do stuff. Have you guys, you guys have pitched TV, too? I know you have, Rob, right? I've pitched TV stuff uh, over at NBC yeah. and uh, a lot of that. Yeah. Uh, I cannot speak of some of those things. But no, I've never right. had the chance to pitch TV over to Fox. So, you know, Karen, yeah. if you're ever looking for uh, – what is it? I mean, Kevin's practically – just his work rate is practically Mexican. So, yeah, you yeah. just the, the cheap labor rate. People find out about my personal oh life. Oh, my God. Oh, my skeletons. God. I'll definitely I'll – definitely, yeah, I'll keep my ears to the ground on that one for sure. Every once and in I can't while, even believe – Hmm. Well, go ahead. You're good. No, I was going to say, I can't even believe I forgot to mention that Rhonda and, um, and, and uh, Amanda were fighting. <laughs> I was wondering about that one. And, and we'll mention that. But the, the thing the I was going to bring up was <laughs> the thing I was uh, going to bring up is I'm like, listen, every time they bring up Skip Bayless and uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> they go, what will they say tomorrow? And I was like, don't care. Right, yeah, right. Not, not interested. I'm, oh, not interested. Oh. I'm pretty sure I know where they're going. I was like, now. Yeah. If, were to ask myself and Kevin, sometimes we don't know our opinions until they happen. Sometimes people right, are like, what right. do you think of this person? You go, you know what? I haven't thought about that, but my feelings are generally not good. So let's start there. And right. Let's out together. Yeah. I mean, we believe me, we would all get in a lot of trouble if uh, people put out what we say in the studio when we're no, watching fights No access Hollywood tapes from you. I couldn't do <laughs> No, we literally yesterday... No, I know. Kenny and I were talking, uh, and we were saying something else, and I was like, hashtag remember, remember, remember Trump access Hollywood. You know what I mean? We're just like, because every now and then, no, we really do, you know, because we, we know stuff about people. And you always have a People have on. been in situ, right, exactly. Always. So there are times when we'll be telling a story, and you're like, and then, and then you're like, oh, yeah, and then you write it down, <laughs> and then you scribble it out. Oh, that because would be you fun, can't, you, to steal yeah, Dominic you can't Cruz's but honestly, notepad. I would oh my love God! To totally, the stuff. Yeah, oh, you don't even know. You don't even know the stuff that we say and that we. I mean, sometimes it's pure hilarity, um, and sometimes like people would be really upset. You're <laughs> gonna be really sure. upset, Karen. I have a really big uh, qualm here. Sorry. As a person who used to yeah. do speech and debate, my my big qualm that I have is this: Who does the shirt and tie accommodations? Do they have people on set who do those? Or we have stylists. Yeah, and yeah. The guys. No, we don't dress ourselves. Like you don't just get to roll in in your own outfit. Um, you can, you can say no. Like I've made a hard pass on a, on a, on an outfit the other day. I was like, yeah, that's not going to work for me. Um, but they do, they do, I'd buy the Karen Bryant. I would, I, they made me a shirt. Actually, they did make me a shirt. I wear it to tennis sometimes. I actually kind of love it. I'm not going to lie. Um, but, uh, but yeah, no, we have stylists that dress them. So, but they're actually the funny thing since you think DC is Carlton, there was a shirt that he, he came in in one time and it was like this gingham kind of check shirt. And he's, he's in the makeup room. He's like, yo, yo, cause we have a, you know, uh, a woman that doesn't make it too. He's like, what, what do you, you know, what do you, what do you ladies think of this? And, uh, I was like, yeah, hey, not a bad shirt. And we're like, yeah, it looks good. And he's like, 
I don't, I don't know. And I, then I go, well, I guess it probably would look better on Wade. Now, for people who don't know, I'm married to a very white guy, as we talked about before we started recording. I'm from Colorado, just a very clean cut, you know, nice looking white guy. And I was like, oh, that would look great on Wade. And then as soon as I said it, I was like, yeah, you need to change. Because <laughs> 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 so, it was full on way too Carlton Banksy on DC. You know what I mean? It just didn't work. And he was like, I knew it. I knew it. You know, so he went and changed. Uh, yeah, it was very funny. My issue is I, I see some shirt and tie accommodations and I just go, are you guys, uh, Fox on a budget right now or what's going on here? Because I don't like when the guy is dressed down and I got to say something and I need your opinion on it, but let's just, let's put it out there. Spots on a tie and pinstripes on a suit. What are your feelings? Cause I know my feelings. I'm down. I like it. I like the mixing pattern. It's fashion forward. I like it. It just looks confusing. It looks like people. <laughs> it's it's going to moray. Like, yeah. I mean, yeah, I don't know if it's going to moray on air or whatever, but I see what you're saying because I, I do know that it throws some people off. Um, but I like I like stuff to be a little fashion forward. The funny thing is with Shannon Sharp coming in, um, you know, because he's known for his whole suits. Like even the women in the wardrobe, they're like, yeah, no, we know we have to take our cues from him. Not when Dick gets dictated um, the opposite way because Shannon wanna, is so definitive about what he wants to wear. I want to reach yeah, that level. Yeah. I need to yeah. be more yeah, right? ish. Like I like that. Like oh, he decides. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, because he just yeah, he's always been that way. I mean, and the funny thing is, is the guys know they do know what they like. Um, but, and you know, sometimes they'll bring in their own suits from home. Like Michael's got some really nice suits. The, the funny thing sure. is, I will say that truthfully, the hardest part is that the guys fluctuate in weight. And so sometimes oh, like yeah. when, 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 when like T would, when he's not at fight camp, T was got that booty and we're like, dude, the, your, your pants are a little high right now. Cause the booty ends up lifting the, the pants up. And so then they get a little, <laughs> a little floodsy. Oh, and, wow. uh, but then when he gets, Oh, it's funny though. And so then when he gets closer to weight, you know, then they're like, they come back down. So it's like that with all the guys, like DC suits will get real baggy and then they're not baggy. The Michael suits are baggy. And so, um, and when Dominic gets close to fight weight, Dominic is really small. I'm like, oh my God, he's been taking that no acetal. It is just gone. <laughs> and uh, he's just, he's just, so it is funny. I will say that is part of the, part of the hiccup with the guys is that and they have to, to have fair, a lot that of is different a stuff. thing that is unique to the UFC because most yeah, people in different yeah. sports are not active. And the right. folks in the UFC tend to all still be active in one way or another. Right, right. So when you look at them and if you think the collar looks too roomy or this or the suits, you know, the shoulders are too big, it's, it's because literally, yeah, maybe that's maybe they're closer to fight week and uh, they've dropped some pounds. So I'm just uh, saying I look yeah. at a lot of shirt tie combinations and I judge. <laughs> and when I see them uh, blend a little bit too much, I'm like, mm, 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 mm. We're, uh, we're your average <laughs> MMA fans, obviously. Just yeah, yeah, I was just going to say clearly that's – yeah, on the, the top of mind for the suit That's what I'm saying. You, you produce everything. Uh, my producer brain won't turn off ever. But that's great. Maybe that's just me. I'll send my my uh, my recommendations every once in a while. But if I do see right. something, I'm gonna tag you on one. On the next one, I see it. I'm just like not gonna include the athlete. I'll just include the shirt tie and be like, <laughs> listen, y'all did a disservice to Wonder Boy today. <laughs> that's awesome. Okay, I'll keep an eye out for him. <laughs> Well, Karen, you're amazing. We always uh, appreciate you coming you. on the show. Thank you. Well, I have fun with you guys. Obviously way out of our league, both journalistically and oh, professionally. Stop. So it's always fun to uh, get her to speak are... English for 45 minutes. 
Uh, yes, just slum it on our podcast. <laughs> and just so you know, like I said, you guys, uh, your 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 memes and uh, and stuff get passed around at work for sure. We we get a kick out of them. Yeah, yeah. we were all. Uh, Raf is solely responsible for the Apollo one. Uh, uh, we were. That one was brilliant. That it was, was so good. It was just a terrible <laughs> moment. We know you have. Especially when Ed Harris likes Ed Harris sits down and takes a headset yeah. off, and he's, <laughs> whoo, he's so exhausted. I feel the Ed Harris part was definitely me because yeah. it's not like I was doing anything to coach or to help out in any way. <laughs> right, right, right. When everybody's cheering at the bar, you know, all your friends are getting yes. up and crazy. I just literally collapsed like, <sighs> thank God. <sighs> that was art. Yeah, well, and I was there in Vancouver. And um, so it was just it was just so intense. Um, and especially the, the prior to that with Pettis submitting uh, uh, Oliveira, you're like, wait, what, 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 what just happened? And then um, when you just see, you know, the pure genius of Damien come out and do that so so easily, like, nobody does you don't do that. It's Carlos Condit. You don't do that to like, what, do you, what? No one does. Yeah, it's Condit. Like, come on. Um, and so, yeah, it was just, it was just incredible. It was incredible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, we know you have as you previously mentioned, 64 jobs and a life going yeah. on. Um, so we're going to let you out of here. But thank you again. Thank Everyone you knows guys. where to find Karen Bryant. Watch something UFC. She'll be there. Listen to MMA Heat. Listen to Chokasau. Chokasau, yeah. Hey, everybody. Hey. <laughs> there's, a lot of, there's a lot of triumph in that pronunciation. Karen, thanks for swinging by the podcast. Nice. Thank you, guys, and congratulations again. Kevin and Raf, Necrogradis, I just wanted to wish you guys congratulations on the fourth anniversary of Verbal Tap. I can say without reservation that you guys are my very favorite comedy-themed MMA podcast in the continental United States at this time. And I do hope you continue to be that. I wish you all the best for the next four years. Catch you guys soon. Hey guys, Josh Palmer from Polaris Grappling here. Just ringing to uh, say congratulations on 200 shows. Fantastic achievement. I'm quite frankly slightly amazed that anybody would want to listen to you guys for 200 shows, but clearly they do. So best of luck with uh, the next 200. And I look forward to talking to you soon. Bye. Yo, this is Big MF of the Inside BJJ Podcast. But you probably already knew that. And I wanted to say there is not very many things that have ever impressed me about the Verbal Jabroni Podcast. But the one thing that does impress me is you guys have reached 200 episodes. And you did it with a cocksucker like Kevin as a co-host. Half congratulations, begrudgingly. What's up, Verbal Tap gentlemen? Just wanted to say congratulations to you guys on 200 episodes. All from Open Radio, I guess I should probably preface that, although I'm sure you'll call me an arch nemesis and insult me a few times before. But, uh, yeah, thank you guys for uh, carrying on and just kicking ass and having fun while doing it, bringing some levity to uh, the MMA and Jiu-Jitsu community. So keep it up. I cannot wait to uh, see the next 200 or listen to the next 200. All right, guys. Thanks. 
Ladies and gentlemen, when we have folks who crush it in competition, and Kev, would you say that Jason Hayden made quite the impression over the weekend? You know, he did over the weekend, though I mm-hmm. would argue a lot of us caught note during the MMA heel hook scenario, but for sure, mm-hmm. we talked about it. You and I, as we were training, we were keeping updated. I like, and I Ooh. love the fact that when, when people put this, and I don't normally go for this, but when people say, like, look out, I'm coming, you guys, I'm warning you right now, you just kind of go like, eh, I don't know if I believe you. Every time this man says, look yeah. out, I'm coming, he finishes people like it's not just here it's fight to win it's in MMA and this weekend ADCC had a spectacular showing from our good friend Jason Hayden who are, we are welcoming to our 200th episode and four year anniversary Jason how are you doing tonight I am doing fantastic how are you guys doing I, we're good and I mean you're you've been already beloved on this podcast just by proxy, you and your brother couldn't have been nicer individuals when I met you uh, at one of the EBIs most recently. But I find this very interesting in that people have been saying, yeah, you know, you went, you you did a great line of duty for our, our country. And now that you're done there, you're looking to destroy. And you're a purple belt and you're heel hooking the Wait, shit what? out of people. Hold on. Yeah. Yeah, Kev. That, oh, that detail hasn't been fuck shared. Fuck you. Sincerely, Jason. That is... Sorry, go on. Boy. Yeah, uh, a little yeah, jealousy. Man, like, uh, I might be projecting a smidge. <laughs> it's okay. Be, be jealous. Be jealous. It's okay. <laughs> no, I'm just, I'm just kidding, man. Um, but yeah, man. Like you know, I started uh, in around like late 2009, 2010. Uh, mm. I got my blue belt in 2012, so it took me like uh, actually no, I got my blue belt in 2010. So I started in 2010, got my blue belt in 2010, and uh, I got my purple belt 2012 joined the army boom three and a half years went by didn't train not one bit really and then came back in january of this year and started training so yeah man i'm ready to tear up the scene i'm ready to uh let everybody know that there's more than one hayden on board that knows how to do leg locks and uh (laughs) at the shit festival so so is that an issue do do you guys have copyright ownership problems between the two of you uh no, no we don't. But uh, maybe I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> you got to come up with I... new numbers and really stick it to the bro. <laughs> Ninety yeah. ten. We talked mm-hmm. about that. There's already we told sponsors it's like there's well, a lot of there's a lot of angles here. But if you ever were like, it's time to two point oh this. A hundred and sixty yeah. to two hundred. Now we're talking. Mm. Exactly. Exactly. Now, see, my brother has the eighty twenty DVD, right? So I'm mm-hmm. thinking about coming out with uh, the Shorty Forty uh, DVD. <laughs> uh, it's going to be uh, forty techniques that short people do. You because know, I'm a lot shorter <laughs> than my brother, you know. So the Shorty Forty, I feel like, fits perfect for me. Has that been an issue for you? Because it doesn't seem to be. And and I share your pain because I have tall people. I was rolling this people this weekend with tall people. Kevin is taller than me. It, it tends to be a problem for a number of reasons, but is that something that you found it to be a consistent that changed your game completely, or what is the impetus behind that? Absolutely not, man. I look at every body type as a as a, another challenge, uh, another obstacle. Um, you can't just look at something and be like, oh, well, you know. For example, if you fight in one thirty five, one forty five, uh, you can't look at that as no, I'm not going to fight bigger guys than me. I'm not going to compete in any other higher weight classes. That makes 
absolute zero sense. Because <laughs> when you're on the street, and let's just say a big guy, uh, you know, because at the end of the day, jiu-jitsu, submission grappling is based upon a street fight. It's based on self-defense. If some guy that's 250 pounds wants to, you know, beat your face in, are you going to be like, no, dude, I don't fight you, bro. I'm a, I compete at 135. No, you got to be prepared for every possibility. So, so no, man. And, you know, sizes doesn't matter to me. See, I, I strongly disagree, Jason. I don't mean to hot take <laughs> oh, you, but no. I think when you get Whoa. someone that's blowing heat, you just got to stop, calmly rationalize, see if they're interested in cutting over the next 24 hours pending the weight difference. Maybe mm-hmm. agree on a catch weight because, you know, just because we're about yeah. to get into a heated altercation, there's no reason we can't also be – usada negligent about it that's just and and kev can i just say this too i mean i don't get into street fights unless i've signed a contract to fight oh 100 percent. thank you yeah right (laughs) but i agree so for the 10 percent of times you don't have an option sure you want to stay you want to stay prepared right exactly you guys are 100 percent correct man you guys got it see so, you didn't have to ask me. You guys knew it. Well, I do want to ask you at least uh, a few things. One, you had some you had some noteworthy opponents this weekend. Um, you're walking into a lion's den sort of type of place, and you're coming out with buzz about you. You're you're coming out with the silver. It's a stellar performance. What? How'd you do that? Uh, as another, just be very specific if you could tell me. <laughs> Man, I you know I just went in there with the mindset of uh, uh, just looking at my fight uh, one by one. Man, I, I didn't try to look overlook anybody. I knew that ADCC trials there was going to be nothing but the best there. Um, I, I just wanted to go out there and prove myself that that I was a top competitor, and uh, you know I've I've always been I've always been really confident in my ability and my jiu-jitsu. Uh, but I've never been on that st- on the stage uh, like ADCC trials. So, you know, this was a first for me. I was actually I was surprisingly very calm. Uh, this is the most th- this is the calmest uh, tournament I've ever been in. Like I've competed in like an in-house tournament and been and been more nervous. That's than insane. <laughs> yeah, it been more nervous in an in-house tournament than I was this ADCC trials. I don't mm. know what happened. I don't know if the stars aligned. But uh, I was very calm this this tournament, and I feel like that's what helped me uh, helped me succeed and g- get me as far as it did. But isn't that the moment you want it to happen, though? I mean, nobody exactly. ever wants exactly. to be far too out of emotional stability, and some people right. thrive on different conditions. But if you, a lot of people say who are athletes, they talk about that ability to just be in the zone and be calm. So. It's no surprise that that was the case, but talk us through some of your matches because um, I happen to know a few of the people who you were talking about that you competed against, uh, one of which was uh, Cole Franson. Cole is an up-and-comer over here on the California side, a uh, very, very tough guy, um, and uh, I believe that uh, when I heard that you two had a match, I was just like, oh, shit. Well, I think you heard a, a, a tad bit wrong, but listen... Cole Franson was in my weight class. Um, I was on the other other side of the bracket. Um, me at the end of the day, uh, Cole Franson made it to the semifinals and competed against Justin Rader, who is of oh course, shit. Everyone freaking knows who Justin Rader is. You know he's been to trials, ADCC, whatever for years and years. Anyways, he competed against Justin Rader. 
And then if he was to beat Justin Raider in the semifinals match, me and Cole Franson would have duked it out in a freaking awesome finals match because I know Cole is an absolute monster. But unfortunately, I did not get to compete against the great Cole Franson. Uh, I was looking forward to that match because Cole's, Cole's an animal. I watched him uh, on the control uh, Canadian save. Let's, let's all just control exactly. save it. Let's uh, put Jason <laughs> and Cole on the consideration <laughs> to my grappling yeah, promoter exactly. friends listening. Uh, I would watch the shit yeah. out of that match. And finder's fee right. for the Verbal Tap podcast. Of course. Well, then let's talk about a match that I'm instantly curious about talking about because I know this one did happen. I watched it. I saw it. This is the bigger one that I had to ask you about, which is you versus Dickie Ryan. Because when they place a young child in front of you, all of 15, like what's going through your head? I'll because also beat up a child, Jason. I've said it in training. I've, I've done it before. I usually go younger because it increases the odds I'll win. But I know what these kids are going to look like in 10 years. I'm going to get the licks in now. So, again, I'm on exactly. your side. Exactly. You, you thought the exact same as I did. Because... <laughs> Listen, Nikki Ryan is an absolute monster. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, I I went in there, I went in that match with Nikki Ryan with just as much doubt as anybody else will. I looked at it as, hey, I've been doing jujitsu for X amount of time. Uh, there's no way that this 15 year old has that good of jujitsu or that that you know that good of uh you know uh, leg pummeling or whatever. Because I know he's an amazing leg locker. So I wanted to go in there. I wanted to test myself. I went in there, and then, oh, my God, that kid took me by freaking surprise. I thought I was going to end it in less than a minute. That was not the freaking case, man. Like, I, I honestly hope that whenever I'm, uh, whenever he's my age, I hope I'm not doing jiu-jitsu anymore because this kid <laughs> legit, legitim- legitimately is the freaking future. Honestly, out of all five competitors I had to that had that day, including Justin Raider, that kid was the strongest, the most technical I have ever like I have ever competed against. Legitimately, he put up, he gave me, he put me in spots where I thought I was going to get submitted, but thankfully I got out and uh, was able to to assess the situation. But like, why didn't you whisper things to him? Like, dude, you can't drive a car. <laughs> dude you can't drink i can totally buy you some beers if you just let me have this heck no man if i did that that would take away from that would take my pride away man like blah 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 blah, like, blah blah boring honor oh, dude, pride schmide it's 2016 dude, jason dude. be a man <laughs> you can't bribe you the can't kid drive a car and then he heel hooks me like what, <laughs> what am I, I, made it, nope. I made it worse for myself i set myself for failure like that mm-hmm. i just gotta go out there and compete against no matter who it is look at him look at him as an equal and then submit him as fast as I can. And Okay, uh, okay. I see what you're putting down now. I, I get the, the mentality of the person you are. And I'm going to go ahead and put a pause on this ADCC talk because I want to hear, now that you're talking this talk, I want to hear some real truth fact about your brother. Okay. Because if Ooh. you're that real with a mm-hmm. 15-year-old kid, where do you draw the line? And your brother came on here and was saying mostly nice stuff about you the last time he was on here. Mostly, yeah. Mostly. Yeah, yeah. I mean, mostly. You would agree with that, right? Mm-hmm. We got to ask yeah, some yeah, questions. Yeah. Oh, you know. I listened to it. I listened oh, okay. to it. It was, it was okay. It was, <laughs> it was all right. okay. Yeah, it's great. That's, I mean, that's how I you're an okay guest so far, too. So it's really hard to explain how to be a better guest to, I guess, the Hayden bros. But let's say this. Mm-hmm. Jason, 
Tell us something yeah. that people do not know about your brother that you think the people should know. What should the public know? 8020's Josh Hayden. <clears throat> so I have this story about my brother Josh that uh, is pretty – it might be quite embarrassing to him, but it's, it's honestly stuck with me for the rest of my life, and it shows how much of a dick he was when I was a child. Do you guys want to hear it? Yeah, absolutely. 100%. Okay, check it out. So we're at a football game. Immediately, when Josh listens to this, listens to this, he's gonna know exactly what I'm talking about. He's gonna probably gonna text me and call me, be like, "Wow, you're an asshole." But anyways, I'm gonna tell you guys. So we were at a high school football game. He was probably uh, seventh or eighth grade. Anyways, I'm in like sixth sixth grade, <clears throat> hanging out with my brother. Finally, get to hang out with him and his football player buddies, thinking I was cool. You know, it was a privilege. It was an honor to get to hang out with him. This has levels. Anyway, we're at... We're at I could yeah, hear this, it. This, I could feel it through mm-hmm. the radio. This is passion. This is passion speaking right now. <laughs> it, this gets to me. This hits me home, okay? <laughs> so, anyways, we're on, the, we're on the visitor side, and it just got done raining. You know, it was a little cold outside. We had some hoodies on, some jackets, you know, some windbreakers. Um the bleachers were a little wet, you know, it just got done raining. The bleachers were really wet. So I was hanging out with my brothers. We just ended up on the, uh, the visitor side of the stadium. And, uh, my brother was talking to some guy, blah. He said, blah, 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 blah. And this is when you're so young to the point where cuss words are cool. Mm-hmm. So Josh said to some guy, blah, 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 bitch, this bitch, that. And I was like, all right, Josh, Josh said something to me. And I was like, ha 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 ha. Something, something bitch. And then Josh turns around, looks at me, and says, what the? F- what did you say? And I was just like, oh, you know, I just called you a bitch, Josh. Ha ha. He picks me up by my freaking collar, by my lapels, if you want to, whatever, people that do jujitsu. He picked me up by my lapel, <laughs> slammed, slammed me on the freaking bleachers, and then dried the bleachers off with me. <laughs> legitimately dry the bleachers off with me. I'm talking about 10 to 15 <laughs> feet set of bleachers, dried me off of the bleachers, threw me to the side and said, don't call me a bitch again. And then I got up crying and sat on the bleachers, couldn't say shit. And then all his buddies looked at me, laughed, sat down. And then we began to watch a football game. I of course didn't watch the football game. I sat in my sorrows and, fig- and co- started <laughs> contemplating life at 12 years old. Uh. Fantastic. That, that's a that's great That's the visual. moment I knew my brother wasn't, he wasn't fucking around. Never. <laughs> well, so, I guess here's my issue with this story. It feels kind of like one-sided. I don't really know what your mm-hmm. brother would say. So okay. the issue I have here is I feel like I need to fact check. Josh, can you okay. confirm or deny either of these wow, um, stats or stories? He's, he's going to say it's it's there. <laughs> First off, it was my duty as a brother to make him understand that that line of respect is there. And the one word he, he said was bitch. You know, uh, my little brother saying it to me in front of my friends, I just, you know, boom. I'm not, <laughs> not denying it. Not denying it. But okay, not denying He is. Can I take a stance real quick? Go ahead, Kev. Uh, Kev go Josh, ahead. this is the funniest fucking thing I've ever imagined in my head. 
your little brother yelling at you and you cleaning the bleacher with him. First of all, I know you've got good top game, so I, I can imagine the pressure existed early, but I really would like to see a visual representation of this. Uh, this is amazing. It happened, man. It happened. I don't decide, you know. So, uh, but jo- Josh, this doesn't sound like who you are today. Like, well, maybe he's Miyagiing him because mm. Jason, did you or did you not just take second at a major qualifier at the most prestigious grappling tournament uh, as a purple belt? Man, yeah, you know, I did take second. So, um, I'm, you know, of course, I'm not. Maybe I'm not happy with that. We need to I'm thank Josh for teaching <laughs> well, you that that lesson. Well, early. I, 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 dude, I'll, I'll give it to you straight. Like you know, my brothers made me freaking tough, man. Uh, you know, they beat me up my whole life. And they made me who I am. You know, I, I'm as uh, I'm as tough as I am and as I am today because of my brothers. Like they definitely didn't freaking take it easy on me. Uh, they beat me up my whole. You know, I said this before. They beat me up my whole life. So. So yeah, like yeah, I, you know, I, I owe everything to my brothers, and uh, honestly, they are the only ones to to this day that can get in my head, that can change my mind. You know, mm-hmm. I'm I'm a pretty one-minded person about how I feel and how I believe things should be, but whenever Josh talks to me, I'm like, yeah, you're right, dude. You know, you're right. This is how I should feel. They're the only ones. No one else. Not even Raph. If Raph, if you told me that, there. freaking double cheeseburgers were single patty i would say no raf you're stupid you know go to hell what an astute metaphor you have here uh (laughs) let's just say why would i ever try and tell you (laughs) a double patty was a single (laughs) just hypothetically yeah, I don't know. People say some dumb <laughs> shit. Say Jason's that. my favorite. Was an analogy. Okay. I've it was picked a, a hate. Now, now, Jason, here's the beautiful part. We have your brother on, and we, we do want to get his perspective on the ADCC match as well that you have with Justin right. Raider because and here's the, the thing. Hook, Raph. I want to hear what Josh thinks of the heel hook. Too. We're going to get to the heel hook right. as well. The big thing that we really want to know is, and we want to categorize this because one of the reasons, obviously, when we wanted to get you to tell a story about your brother and have him, you know, kind of razz you. I didn't expect that would be the story. So it was amazing. It was, offer it was really well prompted. Um, absolutely. But for, for Josh, there are great moments that I like to see between the two of you where you, the two of you hype each other up so much. And I saw Josh's note about Jason yesterday and saying how proud he was of you. And I always know that's got to be a great feeling to have. So for you, Josh... What was it like watching your brother? Because you were keeping me posted through your updates, and I want to hear your perspective of his run at ADCC yesterday. Uh, it was uh, it was awesome watching him compete because I know uh, the whole time uh, Jason was in the military. I was like I said before in the other episode that we did before. Um, Jason was in the military, and like we called back and forth. He competed every now and then. Won the one go action state BJJ tournament. And I pretty much I told him I was gonna take over, you know, Florida, China, whatever, whenever I could be the ADCC. But after I won the ADCC trials, I called him and I told him I won. He was in the military. And he he was like, What? He's like, No, no way, I couldn't believe it. And uh, you know, it happened. We had talked about it a couple of years before. Like one day we didn't go to ADCC. So, you know, then it finally happened. But 
So, you know, whenever I, whenever I did the tournament, I mean, I was there with my, my teammates and my instructor at the time. And, you know, I definitely wanted Jason there because we always competed with each other. And, you know, and but, you know, it was it was pretty cool to see him in there because I know that he deserves it. And uh, regardless, we're brothers and, you know, we have this competitive nature and we compete with each other, you know, uh, just to, just out of habit we've had our whole life, even in video games. But uh, he deserved it. I felt like he deserved to be there. And uh, if it wasn't for him, you know, I definitely wouldn't be in jiu-jitsu. Wouldn't, you know, my life would be definitely different. So now, it was definitely, uh, I was proud to see him. Now, Josh, I, I want to ask you this because, again, Kevin's like like a dog just salivating over this heel hook that your brother possesses, and it, it is good. The MMA but, one. The MMA one. <laughs> the MMA it's, it's amazing. We'll get to. But the question I have for you is, what is it that your brother does that imposes so well that uh, that really is doing uh, wonders for him, I, I guess, just in jiu-jitsu? Because, you know, you you really put it out there in saying more people are going to come to understand what a hidden treasure this guy is. And I think he keeps delivering and delivering. But is there something in particular that you see that he's able to inflict upon his opponents? Is it a mentality? What is it? What is his secret, I guess? Uh, for one, you know, not very many people have been, dry, you know, used to dry off bleachers, you know, so that's, that's, a, that's a great piece of job that not a lot of people have. Yeah. And that's some hard mental. So I definitely say the <laughs> mental training. But his mentality is definitely, uh, you know, whenever watching him go into fighting from football and stuff, I mean, he's he's always, I never seen the killer mentality that he had, but, you know, I always knew he had, I've seen it. I seen him in him in MMA and in Jiu Jitsu. Uh, what I'd say is he's aggressive and he don't stop and he's not gonna stop until he wins. Uh, and and he's also smart so on the strategy and he's got he's got I think he's got everything covered, you know, full spectrum. And um and uh I can't wait to see him get the bigger opportunity. I like that. Now Kev, go for it. Ask to your heart's content because now you have both of you can ask about the heel. Yeah, Jason, were you trying specifically in that fight to maybe get a heel hook, or was it a true MMA moment where you were just kind of like, hey, I got punched, I went into what I know, and finished the fight? I want to hear sort of how do you heel hook him in MMA? It's amazing, by the way. Uh, are you, you're, you're talking about the, uh, the one where I got kneed in the head, right? Yes, I am refer. I was trying to skip past like the mild <laughs> obstacle on the way to glory, but mm-hmm. yes. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, man, it basically comes down to my training. It comes down, it comes down to what I do all the time. It, it comes down to, uh, what I'm good at. And, uh, you know, I, I would definitely say I'm better at my grappling than I am in, in my, my other parts of my uh, MMA game. But, uh, but yeah, man, like I've been training with some savages for a long time uh, with my, my grappling, and I was very comfortable. You know, I, I've trained a lot of the times being completely exhausted to the point where I've had to close my eyes and not be able to see anything and just and grapple with, with my eyes closed because I've been that, that, that tired. Um, so whenever I got kneed in the head and I couldn't see anything, it was nothing but a walk in the park. Um, I was used to being able to feel and grab somebody, put them against the cage, and then uh, problem solved from there. So, I, you know, once my eyesight came back, I looked into the crowd. I saw the people's faces, and they looked at me 
with the feeling of, man, this guy's just got freaking meat in the head. <laughs> like, that was crazy. You know, this guy's bleeding profusely. A little bit. And I looked yeah. down at my arm, and then I had blood dripping down on my arm. And then I said to myself, I'm about to lose, and I, mm. that can't happen. So then I just made a quick decision, uh, dropped down, got him into a, uh inside lace or inside ashigarami, whatever you call it, yeah. inside figure four, and got him with a heel hook. And, uh, you know, it, it was a wrap from there. Okay, Josh, would you rather in this situation <laughs> – <laughs> Jason walked in and just clean knocked somebody out fights over in five seconds or he got kneed in the head but won via heel hook uh, I mean I didn't like seeing him get uh, you know kneed in the head but you can be honest you're head, with I... friends Josh you can tell us <laughs> <laughs> This whole this whole podcast has basically been therapy for your family. So just, mostly, Raph and I are jealous. We miss. We like the Hayden brothership. You know, both of us have yeah. sisters. We're just uh, trying to live vicariously. We're working on it. I definitely <laughs> would like to see him knock him, knock him, knock somebody out. But you know, I mean, he has you know, usually somebody else. If it was somebody else, they got needs in the head. You know, and and got split open like that. Uh, they probably lost. For sure, but I knew I know that because I know how he is. But I knew that as soon as he seen that blood, he got pissed off. And <laughs> I'm gonna yep, that's exactly what happened. Exactly. Oh, that's exactly what happened. This. Pissed him off. I'm really glad we got to hash this out. We've been ta- I've been a uh, pretty big fan of the video since because I immediately saw Josh's post. It was like, no heel hooks in MMA, eh? That's what people say. And uh, it was just one of those really good jujitsu moments because, you know, when you're skilled in one martial art, at least somewhat, you know how bad you are at the others um, because you realize a little bit more how much work it takes. Right. So we spend all our time doing jujitsu, meaning we know how little time we spend grappling or punching. So it's just uh, fascinating to see it in the cage when you can see it come full circle. So and I, I stand by this because I when I saw that finish. That tap by that gentleman looked like the most, yeah, like real. exaggerated. Now, granted, because it was severe pain, and I'm I understand where that <laughs> comes from, but it looked akin to like when Ken Shamrock used to do an ankle lock in WWF. So when I saw that, I was like, "Oh my god, that's how bad it hurt." This man comedically tapped out. That's how crazy it was. Is, man, you're damn, you're damn right. That's how crazy it was, man. It was in, <laughs> it was tight. You know, the amount of training and time I put in in the gym, like it was that that submission. You, it couldn't have been any more perfect. Honestly, you know, I, I don't mean to like to 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 brag, but uh, man, I've I've been training a long time and I put in a lot of hard work uh, to be a to to, to be a fighter in a short amount of time and I'm not going to, I'm not coming in there to play around. So that submission and that, you know, those leg locks, man, every leg lock I put on, I'm not joking. I'm not playing around, man. I'm not, I'm not pity padding, you know, same thing, same way with Josh. Uh, for example, the first match of EBI, man, like nobody, nobody even knew he got submitted. You want to know why? It's because it was right. And it was correct. He did it right. No, and no one knows what a what a good straight ankle looks like. No one knows what good technique looks like because 
you know, the whole freaking jujitsu community is so caught up in leg locks that they're doing it shitty. They're not looking, they're not talking to the right people. They're not doing it with the right people. Freaking come to the Hayden brothers. We'll show oh you God. how to fuck. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. We'll show you how to do it right. Well, we'll yes, did you just hear this poetry right. over here? Hear it. Just no, I'm, just getting, I'm headed I'm, to eighty twenty. Like he's got me. I'm, I'm, I'm passionate. I'm passionate about the way that we show technique, the way that we do leg locks and the way that my brother does it, especially like it's ridiculous. Like, let that first match in EBI that Josh did show show you the light, right? I just no want to say this that, that he got leg locked. Jason, you're you're stepping very closely into my role for your brother, which is okay. to be a hype man, and hype men aren't okay. supposed to be able to back it up. Like, you're not supposed to be able to fight. So, okay, calm it down <laughs> a little bit. Uh, I can't, man, dude. You're getting me hype. Like, if you if you if you have me here talking about jujitsu, MMA, and uh, and how I feel about the sport and how I feel about leg locks, especially, especially, yeah. man, I'll go on for freaking hours. I, I won't stop. So you're gonna have to tell me, like, hey, Jason, like, stop, and then I'll and then I'll chill out for a little. Okay, bit. Okay, well, Jason, Sorry. stop. We're gonna move to another Sorry. discussion in a second. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Josh, I gotta yes, get sir. your opinion on this because I don't know if you've been seeing this, but uh, the inside BJJ guy. David Mitchell has been going on a craze trying to call out everybody, including Lovato, calling him out and saying he's on steroids and the same with Galvo. And uh, they were provoking a fight with you as well. I know you get tagged in all of these things. What has been your, I guess, observation or humor that you have seen from all of that? Uh, I think it's funny. Um, I don't even know who the dude is. I don't care what he's done or anything. I think it's hilarious. Uh, uh, you know, I, I just think it's funny. Yeah, everybody, people talking shit, I think it's funny. You know, I mean, for a person, totally different story. handles totally different. And I doubt it would happen. Yeah. It's just, it's so funny I, to me. I loved his every- response to the Lovato one. Uh, somebody mm-hmm. did it a while. They were like, I'll take on Hayden, Lovato, and somebody else. Josh was like, all right, go ahead and go through them first. We'll see then. I was like, that's <laughs> that's an amazing response. <laughs> it's like, yeah, put me third. That sounds great. <laughs> I mean, uh, you know, Josh is also speaking from experience because he's like, yeah, Lovato, not that bad. So uh, yeah, Josh's like, fuck off. Just a, I fought him and I'll fight you. But let's yeah, do this. <laughs> I just find that with David Mitchell, again, the biggest problem that we have is he aligns himself with the inside BJJ guys. And at first, I thought I had to speak up in your defense and, you know, kind of do the whole like heel manager thing. And then I saw what not a threat he is on the mic that I said, oh, oh, this doesn't even matter. He's literally just talking to thin air. The 30 people who liked his status, that must be fun. So not a huge problem on that front. That's a lot of people, dude. 30 people? Damn. Dude, I know. I know. It's almost as many people as listen to Inside BJJ. But hey, guys, that's not the point. (laughs) The point is. I'm just entertained that you've also got a hype man in your brother. And your brother and I, now Josh, I need a I need a ruling here. Your brother's trying to be nice to me. And he's doing it in such an aggressive way that he's like, Raph, you're the man. And I was like, no, dude, you're the man. And he's like, no, you are. And I'm like, dude, let's not fight about this because I will make sure you know you're the man. What's the first thing I messaged you, Jason, after your phenomenal performance at ADCC yesterday? Uh, you, you, you said that, uh, that I was the man, um, you said, let me, hold on, let me go back. You know, I, 
I can't. I don't really remember exactly what you said. I think you said something about me looking. You know, man, Jason, you look so good. I was like, dude, it's okay, Raph. Like, I appreciate it, man. Like, <laughs> you know, I, ch- I try to work on my looks, you know, and things. Yeah, like that, that was the that was a real big thing. I was making sure to to comment about your mustache and your old timiness. No, I said there is indisputable proof you are the man. Now, Josh, will you settle this right <laughs> here and right now? Will you tell your brother that he is indeed the man and that I'm just ordinary? And then we can be done with that. No. I wouldn't, wouldn't say that ordinary because then that's kind of that. Yeah. <laughs> He's right. Ordinary is not quite yeah. the word. Rather than I understand. So, Jason, you're the man. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you very oh. much. I think that's exactly oh. what to hear. No, I'm not accepting it. No, this is not happening. Rally. Jason, nobody's asking. No, Jason, nobody's asking if you accept it or not. Your brother's going to go ahead and find another set of bleachers and go ahead and wipe them down if you don't. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, well, then I'm the fucking man, man. There we go. Case closed. That's what I'm saying. So, okay, Jason, I want you to, we're going to start getting things on the closing side, but I really want to get your take on the Justin Raider match because it's very nice to see that you're up there and it wasn't necessarily the world's, it was a close decision. It wasn't a blowout. It wasn't anything. Tell me what your feelings were about that match. Man, I, you know, I felt like that match was, uh, was super close. Uh, I definitely um, surprised myself on my wrestling ability. I'm not a wrestler. Uh, I started jiu-jitsu in 2010, so anything that I learned from wrestling, grappling, combat sports is from 2010 till now. Um, but yeah, like I, it was a close match. Uh, I, I felt way stronger than he did, honestly. I felt like when we tied up, Justin Rader, you know, he's an experienced grappler. He's been to the world several times. He's won... He's a champion and, you know, blue belt, purple belt, brown belt, whatever. Um, I felt like whenever we tied up, he understood that uh, I, I was a different animal. And, uh, and 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 that's exactly what happened. Like, he, di- he didn't want to really play with me. He didn't want a submission hunt with me. He knew what type of game plan he had to play to beat me. And that was not, I repeat, it was not the submission game. And that's what I play. I look to... I look to submit, I look to kill, and that's how Josh is. That's what we do. We look to finish our opponents. You know, uh, that's absolutely not what Justin Rader was trying to do. You know, I don't mean to downplay Justin Rader. He's an amazing athlete. Uh, he, he, he's, he's good at what he does, but it's definitely he's not better than me at what I do, and that's submitting people. Um, he kind of he kind of ran away a little bit. Uh, he right exactly what I said earlier. He tied up with me. He felt my strength. He felt my power. He felt my technique, and uh, he knew that he was going to have to hit me with a takedown. Exactly what he did, and hit me with a takedown, and then kind of run away from there. Uh, much respect to Justin Raider. He's an amazing athlete, but if he was to get me in a submission only, I don't care if it's ten minute, no time limit, whatever submission only. I submit him. You submit me. I guarantee you I will catch him in less than 10 minutes with a submission and I will put Justin Raider away. Let me. Yes. 
It's a good job. Ref. I have to take a Hibero timeout ref. You know that. I have to just take myself. Yeah. Right. You go ahead. No, I, I, I know what you need to do. I, I also need to give a nice uh, qualifier here. Um, as a fan, I say 100%. I would love to see that. Um, also, as a friend of the podcast, uh, Justin Raider is also uh, somebody that we know. He's got an intense game. He's great. Obviously, Jason, I got to tell you, though, as a fan, I would love to see that match. I don't know if we can make it happen or who we need to talk to, but that has so much into it, just in terms of, as a jiu-jitsu fan, so exciting to see. So, I don't know. I would, I would, love, I would love that. I mean, don't get me wrong. Like, I'm, I'm not – like, don't get me wrong. I'm not downplaying Justin Raider one bit. Like, he's done so much for the sport. You know, he's a savage. He's, he's beaten so many good people. You know, so many – legends of the sport and uh you know i grew up when i started in 2010 watching justin raider and him being one of the people that i watched on youtube you know on google whatever like on the internet to try and uh, to implicate you know trying to replicate their game mm. but uh, i just feel that um I, I i know for a fact i can submit him and uh you know much respect to justin raider but uh, you know i'd love to compete i love a challenge and I'm never going to step down from a challenge, and I'm never going to lie or not say the truth. Like uh, Justin Raider's tough, but, but you know, let's get it, Justin. I'm down. Let's do a let's do a rematch. I'm also down. I think. I would like yeah, I was about to say. I think you just sold a number Second of tickets ahead. that don't even exist right now. But if somebody out there can put this match together, and 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 if Justin's into it, we're let's just say we're very much into it. Between so him and Cole, let's get Josh fighting someone too. Woo! I'm a happy yeah, fan. No shit, dude. I'm a happy watcher. Um, Okay, so let's do this. Uh, Kev, did you have a question? Uh, sh- yes, I do. When the two of you roll, Josh, what's the position Jason goes into to just <laughs> when you know he's in trouble? When you're like, he's bailing. Uh, I, it's not really a position. It's really I can feel him spaz out. He's like, nope, he's the only guy got to get out. <laughs> <laughs> Jason. Yep. What's the move Josh uses when you think you're starting to get some momentum on him? Like when what does he go to when it's like, oh, he knows I'm starting to make some moves? Oh, I, I 100%. Josh, we're the same. We're the same family. Josh will spaz out. He'll stand he'll freaking stand up and then throw me off of him. Like this guy is so freaking powerful. It's ridiculous. And it's like I have to I have to ride I have to like ride the bull or or weather the storm and then like it, it's ridiculous so yeah josh will stand up throw me off of him and then he'll pass or and smash me from there but he knows once he passes passes and smashes me he knows i'm gonna get pissed off he knows that i'm gonna be like oh fuck this guy he just passed my guard i ain't gonna let this shit happen we're the same person we have the same mindset we have the same killer mentality. He know basically when he rolls with me, it's like rolling with himself. So it, it's it's a crazy game, man. When we roll when we roll with each other, it's wild. Josh, go ahead. You were edited. I said that mentality all stems from like. Yeah. Do you guys put the gi on too, or you stay no gi? Yeah. Got a got a train the gi. Oh, perfect. I wasn't sure. Oh, yeah. I I, uh, I, I trained in the Gi. When I was in Alaska, I was stationed in the Army. I trained at uh, ABJJ. 
Uh, I competed at the uh, my first gi tournament, which was the Alaskan State Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu Tournament in 2014. Uh, my first gi tournament ever. I won my weight class, and uh, I, I came in second in the absolute um, to uh, some Russian guy. But uh, first first gi tournament ever. I did real well. I beat some purple belts. I beat some brown belts. beat some no good way. guys. And uh, first time I ever competed in the gi. Like, I didn't know what I was doing. But uh, I, I did pretty well. Well, Josh, Jason, we're at episode 200. We wanted to talk to some friends. We wanted to get some BJJ MMA in. Um, you two were big fans of what you're doing, how you're doing it, and the success you're the everyone's starting to see. So we really appreciate you guys coming by the podcast this evening. Where can people see you fighting next? You can always go to Gracie Owensboro. Yeah, or Gracie Fishhawk. There you go. So you could just find them and train with them, which I hope to do at some juncture. Or do you guys know um, preliminarily where you're you're fighting next? I know that's an open-ended question for the two of you. Jason, do you want to go, Josh? Was like, yeah, I should point it at one of you. Both Hayden brothers. Yeah. Like, uh, I'm looking yeah. at my calendar. I got like six fights next week. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, jo- um, Jason, yo, what do you have next? Uh, for me. Um... You know, after this uh, 80cc trials in um, New Jersey, uh, you know, of course, I'm not satisfied. So I'm looking, I'm looking for the West Coast trials if they're going to hold that. And I, I, you know, I'm not stopping. I'm looking to take that, that, uh, that, that, that belt or that medal. And I'm going to trials. I'm going to worlds. It's going to happen. I feel like I'm meant to be there. Uh, my brother did it. I have to do it. Um, other than that, man, I really don't have too much planned. I, I I'm, I'm going to school full time. Um, and I'm training full time. I'm teaching full time. So, you know, I, I'm, I'm pretty busy and I know my brother's super busy as well. So, you know, we'll, we'll see what, what happens after this. Josh, do you have anything on the books for the next person that needs to find a new ortho surgeon? <laughs> um, no, I don't have nothing, nothing planned as far as uh competition. Uh, if an invite gets thrown out there for a decent competition, then I'm I'm gonna I'll do it. I always do. I don't really care. Uh, but as everybody knows, I'm kind of rehabbing an injury right now. I focus on the, the gym and trying to get that kind of ready. And we got seminars coming up soon. Uh, the 14th of January, we'll be we're gonna be you know in the LA Jiu-Jitsu Club. Uh, then we'll also be in the Boston Gracie Las Vegas. Uh, Dude, that's sick. Yeah, I, I was hearing rumors about this. So you guys are making a West Coast tour. It's going to be at the LA Jiu-Jitsu Club January 14th. Two brothers at the LA Jiu-Jitsu Club. So uh, if you don't learn the heel hook from one of the brothers, you can go up and be like, hello, there's two of you. I would like to learn your heel hook because they are both um, good at it. And I, especially with this powerful poetry prose that Jason was going and, and espousing here, Kev. Would you not say that's a good sell? Yeah, choose your Hayden adventure is what I think they should call it. But take it down, anyway. we're going to work on the uh, branding for it. Um, I can't tell you how excited I am because um, uh, Jay, uh, J- Josh is actually very sweetly sending out a DVD. And I'm looking to familiarize myself with it. So I have plenty of questions uh, for the 80-20 for the two of you gentlemen. Mm-hmm. And Jason has told me that he has tricks for a smaller guy to work on his leg attacks for me so i am excited about yeah. that hey it, it, hey it's in the works right now i'll tell you what 
uh, it's in my mind, it's in my brain, it's a dream, it's an imagination. But uh, just as anything that exists right now, it was a thought first. And uh, yeah, the shorty 40, man. That's kind shorty of what I'm going 40, for. I'm so in. 40, 40, bro. 40 techniques <laughs> for, for short people. And, uh, I, you know, I feel like I could, I can make something happen for that. So you never know. It, it could be coming soon. Shorty Fody. Uh, well, <laughs> verbal tap fans, a happy 200 to us. Cause we got to spend some time with the one and only Hayden family brothers, Josh and Jason. Thanks for stopping by the podcast this evening. Gentlemen. Yes, sir. Thank you so much. Uh, it was it was great talking with you guys, and uh, you definitely surprised me with having my brother on here. And uh, I love you, Josh. You're awesome, <laughs> and I love you too, Raph. Kind of. I like you. I won't use you to wipe. <laughs> <laughs> He's made a commitment. He won't use him to wipe down more bleachers. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Josh. Uh, hey, hey guys, it's, it's Marshall from Artichoke Media. Um, you know, I was just taking one of those long drives and was thinking about what we had. You know, I, I've tried calling and, and, and texting and I just, I just never hear from you. I mean, I, I guess you moved on. I don't know if I ever will. It's just, it's just hard sometimes. You know, the, the, the strangest little things remind me of, of you guys. Like when I see two dogs going at it in the park, I don't, I don't, I don't know. It's just, I miss what we had and I wish we still talked, but I don't know if we can ever go back to the way things were. I mean, I understand that it's just how life works sometimes, but that doesn't make it any easier. So, uh, congratulations on your four years and I hope you're very happy together. Happy anniversary, guys. This is Vernon Kirk. I want to say, Raph, after 200 episodes, your back must be awful, sore, and tired from carrying Kevin. And since you're seeing him this week, where the fuck is my shaker out of my home? Hey, what's up, guys? This is Gabriel Arges. I'm uh, coming here to congratulate the Verbal Tap Podcast for the four years of a great and cool podcast and then 200 episodes so wish you guys many more episodes and years of uh, good work to come and uh, follow the guys those guys are funny and cool hey this is Jesse from White Belt Survival just wanted to call and say congratulations on the 200th episode I don't know how you made it this far but I have to feel that a lot of it has to do off the strength of over under Kevin Raph's superior comedic timing and uh, maybe do enlarge to a couple episodes by yours truly. Congratulations, guys, and uh, I hope there's at least 10 more or so. See ya. Dear Raph and Kevin of Verbal Tap Podcast, this is your friend and Canadian ally, Kiyoshi, writing in to you today through voice message to say congratulations on 200 episodes. I think that's like the jiu-jitsu equivalent of hitting brown belt, but in the podcasting world, so... Except it's like the early 90s for Jiu-Jitsu and there's no one else around. So it kind of doesn't mean that much either. Anyways, Kevin, 
Stop ducking me. We need a rematch for over-under Kevin. Make it happen. You're like the Conor McGregor, except without the win streak. Um, so I've been listening to the podcast for probably a year now. Um, I'm in high school. I just started. Um, and when I started listening, I was listening for the, for the MMA and UFC stuff, but my school decided, and I was really into wrestling at the time. And then my school decided to shut down the wrestling team. And after listening to your podcast, I started doing some jujitsu and I've been doing jujitsu for the last seven months. Thanks to you guys. And I just wanted to send my appreciation. Thank you. So I've said it once, I've said it 199 times, Raph. What a podcast we mm. had here tonight. Karen Bryant, surprise Hayden Brothers, <laughs> which is fun. We should do that more often. We should get everyone's family members hanging out in the background. <laughs> it's a cross-check, I'm sure, yeah. <laughs> Wiped him, used him to wipe the bleachers. <laughs> I'm sorry, that's... That is an amazing power move. This episode has been fantastic. Tons of very sweet, some sour voicemails. Mm. But, you know, it's all about in our own way. It's a grappling community. We sting each other and we choke each other, and that's a compliment. It's weird. We just celebrated for a few straight days with a lot of jujitsu and a lot of eating and a lot of drinking. Impressive. But, Ref. This is the end of, of our no, 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 the 200th episode. Don't, don't try and like, no, no, no I'm not saying like, this is the end period. We're like, Oh, okay. surprise everybody. I'm saying this is, it's a close of a long <laughs> emotional episode. I'm just feeling a little, it's like, just give me a second. Let me okay. breathe it out. Okay, okay. I'm ready. I'm ready okay. to move on to shout outs. Are you ready to move on to shout outs? I, I think I am, but I'm glad that you were able to take us through your emotional journey. Okay. I'll start. I want to do a quick hit list of the people we trained with. Drew Dober and Matt Brown were lovely gentlemen and Absolutely. violent murderers. Tons of fun. And frankly, they were, for MMA guys, really giving us the jiu-jitsu treatment. And anyone that trains knows exactly what I mean. They both spent a lot of time wrestling. They didn't necessarily just try and put their shoulder through my face, which is a compliment to them. The true martial artist. They were like, yeah, screw it, this guy. Let's have some fun. Super uh, versatile. Major compliment because I've rode with a lot of people from MMA and usually a lot of pressure. <laughs> a lot of like, okay, here we go. And um, sometimes the less pressure is more dangerous, especially when your heel's involved, Matt Brown. Mm -hmm. So big thanks for that reminder. Actually, Dober coming in a really interesting heel hook as well. Fuckers. Savages. Great training with them at Muscle Farm. Raph, fantastic setup on your part. Ethan Day at Castle Rock BJJ hosted us. He was awesome. Um, we got to survive Castle Rock. You know, a better town than is advertised. I really kind of enjoyed it. I don't know where I got the, the feeling. Maybe some people, they just don't like it, though, for whatever reason. That. I've actually heard some people just don't like Castle Rock. They just say, it. like, I don't know why I don't like it. They just hey, like, I hate it. Ever, it's, a, it's 2016. It's about how you feel. Right. And, uh, Couldn't tell you why. It's a great place. There you go. Beautiful. Fantastic jiu-jitsu ton of fun out there big thanks to will who hosted friday night's class major thanks to professor matthew jibera who 
when I told him, I was like, hey, my podcast co is coming in town. Raph's coming in town. Can, uh, you know, I'm going to bring him by. He's like, oh, it was, yeah, just whenever he's here. Bro. Sounds great. Uh, it was really welcoming, and so was the entire crew over there at Jabera Jiu-Jitsu. We even went and watched them do some competing, some major savages out there competing from Will to Keith to Sean to Ashley, uh, Janelle, just a ton of people. Zach was out there. Always awesome to see your teammates testing themselves and, and testing everyone else in the gym, which is what they were doing. There are so many people that are important on our journey to episode 200. A lot of people in our jujitsu lives, people like Andrew Correa, who got me addicted, people like Joe Wilk, uh, people like Dave Durnell, people like Travis Conley that also helped keep me interested in this sport. Um, a lot of people that I've trained with along the way that are important because when you train, you want to talk about it. When you want to talk about it and you have some forensic skills, uh, you're interested. And Raph and I both have a long history of people to thank forensics-wise and speaking-wise. They know who they are. But uh, Craig, Bobby, and Peter get my, if you're curious, Raph, that's who I'm like. I've, I've truncated to the list. It's like these three. And uh, Darren taught me how to dress. And those are all important things. Those are everybody. Everyone plays a part. So uh, major thanks to them. 200 episodes, very big in a domestic partnership, which I am in, to thank your significant other. Victoria's always amazing. She's really supportive of this. I'm appreciative of that. But you only can do a podcast 200 times with someone you love and like and makes you laugh. That's the only possible outcome. You and I have been touring Denver for a few days, fighting. Some of us have been getting the shit kicked out of us and nursing a, a mild groin tear just from the repetitive abuse. I don't even think I'm out of shape. I just think I was getting beat that bad uh, and that frequently. So massive, massive 200 thanks and gratitude uh, to you, Ref Sparza, for our uh, journey here. We're plugging away. We got a lot more going. There's a lot more coming, and frankly, we're not tired yet, so sorry. There's going to be a lot more. <laughs> sorry, haters. Fucking suck it. UFC, two, UFC 200, UFC 400, we're going to cover both of them. That's right, you sons of bitches. We ain't going nowhere, folks. Uh, let's, let, let's do this. I want to thank the gyms that have been responsible for helping not just myself, but Kevin. It's not just conducive to Valley Martial Arts Center, which we love. It's not just conducive to uh breakdown academy uh it's not just conducive to the la jiu-jitsu club it, this is a, a big blanket statement and we spend so much of our time saying nice things about them individually but just understand what they mean as a collective to us all of these places that have been wonderfully warm and welcoming to us it's what tells you guys that we love jiu-jitsu we love grappling so when we show up at your gyms don't think it's ever lost upon us when we see you guys excited to see us, when you uh, are trying to murder us because you want to beat the idiot-looking brown guy who's on the podcast or oh, the right. long-haired dude who somehow loves flannel shirts and has a very loud voice. It's hard to describe exactly why it is you get excited to see us, but just know that is often reciprocated, and it's a good reminder of – the work that we do and that it is appreciated and uh it's never something that we lose sight on because every time we do these shows we get 
excited. We get uh, stoked to talk with people or with one another about uh, the things that we find that are fascinating as trends. And uh, I'm just always astounded by how good sense of, of humor people tend to have because we say a lot of stuff. <laughs> we love to uh, do a lot of different jokes, but we have always kept it real in saying that we would never do a joke that we wouldn't say in front of uh, an athlete or a person. And uh, we more than likely have the person come on the show. And when they do, they tend to get it and they always want to come back. And that always means a lot to us. So uh, from the academies that have welcomed us, including the ones in Denver this week, which couldn't have been nicer to myself uh, as a guest, um, I'm just very humbled by by all of you guys. I also want to send a big shout out. And I know we're in the middle of 200, but this is big. Last week I teased it, but this is a huge one in that our good friend Eric Medina is going to be on EBI 10 which is huge news for us. Not just the guys who, who you know train and, and get to see him day in and day out, but he and Joey at the LA Jiu-Jitsu Club are just so good at being representatives of not just the Jean-Jacques Machado lineage, but um, just the spirit of jiu-jitsu. So uh, I could not be happier that Eric is going to go compete. I uh, hope you guys are as excited as I am. That's coming up in a couple weeks, and we will be talking with him very soon. So um, that takes care of, you know, gyms. I want to thank all of our guests. Our guests are crazy. They sometimes call us at weird hours. They sometimes message us weird shit. But um, if you've appeared on this show, know that you are a part of this family forever and ever. So it is your celebration for four years and 200 episodes because let's be quite real. When Kevin and I mapped this out, there wasn't a grand scheme. There wasn't a major plan. It just kept developing and becoming bigger and more uh, of a love. And uh, I don't think it has any signs of uh, slowing down. So I'm very excited about that. And I think I would be uh, stupid if I were not to thank uh, so many of the other people who helped make this possible. Kevin is right in that he is a very lucky human being. He has uh, Vicky over in Denver, and uh, she is so good to him. And it is so nice. Uh, one of my favorite parts of this whole trip that I got to see was why they work so well together. And uh, I was very happy that they took me all around their town. And they're the type of uh, folks who get excited to see you happy in an environment. They want to see you enjoy Denver for all the reasons they love and get excited for it themselves. So my thanks to them for being great guests. Um, their puppies are adorable. And uh, I have to thank my wife because there is so much patience uh, to what we're doing, whether it's which UFC is this? Flying me out. What grappling tournament are you going to? Making us cookies. Um, she didn't have to do that part. It was just amazing. Why are you talking to this person at 1 a.m.? All those reasons and more. My wife is extremely patient and uh, is so supportive of this show. And, uh, you know, we're, we're both very lucky in that regard. So, uh, you know, it, it's a good feeling. And, of course, to Kevin, uh, the easiest working person I know to do something fun and entertaining with. Kevin is easygoing. He is uh, peculiar about things which gives him the esoteric kind of ability to speak freely on things that are always fun and, and, and exciting. But uh, one of the things I appreciate most about Kevin is, is that um, 
when he really does hold on to something, he is as good of a friend off air as he is on. So I think it is really important to know those people. And if you are so lucky to do a show or do something creative with somebody, know that you can have tons of conflicts, tons of crazy things that come up. But um, if you enjoy the person that you work with, it doesn't feel like work. So with all of that said and done, thank you to all those people. And thank you guys for tuning in because uh, you're fucking rad. And you deserve a good show. And we are happy to give that to you. I don't even care if you do five stars on iTunes today. I don't either. If you didn't do it, that's fine. You're just important to us. We love you. Thank you for listening. That's going to do it for us here tonight at Verbal Tap. I'm Kevin. Good night and happy 200th.